Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. You are joining us for episode 100 today. That's right, this is episode 100, big milestone for us, and I will technically say that um, if you want to be technical, it's not episode 100, it's actually like 103 or 104, because I did release some bonus episodes that weren't technically numbered, they were just kind of little bonus episodes, so if you want to get technical, it's like 104 or 105, but it's episode 100 for regular episodes, so... But we do have some uh, nice guests here. We have a great panel with us. And we are going to talk about a cool topic. We're going to actually talk about a lot of the games we talked about before. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind that guy. He, he, he's not here. <laughs> and basically, our next episode is probably going to be a Borderlands 3 episode again. I'm probably going to have uh, Zombie back on to talk about full spoilers on the Borderlands 3 story. That's probably the goal for that one, for episode 101. Our next stream is actually going to be um, Sunday at this point, because when you hear this, it's going to be on Saturday. So you're going to uh, have a stream on Sunday. I'm going to play some We the Revolution. We the Revolution is a game that is inspired by the French Revolution, and it's kind of like a strategy tactical game. And it's a lot of fun, so um, tune in on 12 to 4 Eastern on Sunday. And then also the same thing Monday and Tuesday. I'm going to play through Act 2 of that game. Basically, it takes about uh, 10 to 12 hours for each act, and there's three acts. So I'm going to play through Act 2 and get through that. But that being said, we do have some great guests here today. So we're going to introduce them one by one. I'm going to introduce first our first-time guest on this panel. This is their first time on the panel, but they have been featured on... I stream several times, and they are frequent guests in there. Um, they are a Twitch streamer, so please drop by their Twitch channel and check them out as well. But please welcome for the first time on the podcast, Beats and Buttons. How are you, Beats? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you're here as well. You know, um, this is something that's probably been long overdue, and I'm glad you can make it. I'm glad I got invited. I'm smiling like a school kid on his first day of school right now. <laughs> Yeah, episode 100, that's your first episode. I mean, like, that's a big milestone to join on, so I appreciate it. I figured I've been lingering around long enough, you have to include me eventually, so I'm... I'm <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was going down my checklist, you know, and you, you were right there, so... <laughs> but we also have some other guests here. Next up, we have a guest that is the second most featured guest on the podcast. They've been featured on a lot of episodes. Most of them have been uh, Borderlands-related episodes. Please welcome back to the podcast, Zombie Killer Ma. How are you, Zombie? Good, good. Uh, I was promised popcorn for this. Where is it? <laughs> uh, you don't get popcorn. I was supposed to be Beats' job to bring it, but you know it's his first time here, so he didn't know. Right, Beats? That's correct. That's correct. I didn't God's know I was sake. a soccer mom this time. I didn't bring snacks. Yeah, so. <laughs> Maybe next time, Zombie. I'm sorry. Damn. We'll have to go back to the pre-sequel and uh, see if there's popcorn there. Oh, oh God, no. No, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for being here again, Zombie. Yep. And our last guest on the panel, I'm sure um, people were probably hoping to see this guy back because they are the most featured guests in the podcast. Coming back for another record appearance because no one's broken the record yet. Please welcome back Monty. How are you, Monty? Boys, I'm here. I'm excited. I've got my chocolate milk. I've got a Red Bull. I'm pumped. 100 episodes. I've been here for the long haul. Yeah, Monty actually had his first episode. Remember what episode it was, Monty? What number? Uh, 
four or five. Episode five. So Monty has been with us for a long time. Ninety-five episodes. Yeah. You've taken a lot off during the middle sections, but you know, um, you keep coming back. You know, I think episode ninety-seven before you had that episode, I think you were off for like thirty or forty episodes. So I, I don't appreciate being called out like this, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I mean, Beast got called out for not bringing the popcorn. You're getting called out for this, so we we all got to hold you to the comfortable, you know. That that's true. Uh, and I don't think called out point. for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Zombie, I'm but, calling you out. I'm calling no. you out, zombie. Zombie, I'm calling you <laughs> out for making me play the pre sequel. That's what zombie I'm calling exposed. you out for. You zombie, you're being exposed. You go through every single one. So, in <laughs> sense, that's not my fault. That's your fault. <laughs> I, I still blame himself. you. And yeah. you killed Wilhelm. Yeah. But for anyone at home, we are doing here today is it's a special 100th episode. If you remember back on the anniversary episode back in March, what I did for that one is I had a lot of short segments with guests that have been on for the first year of the podcast. So a lot of guests came back. We did like short little 10, 20 minute segments and I spliced that all together in one episode, kind of a reminiscent episode. This one here is going to be somewhat similar. What we're going to do is kind of reminisce on the past 99 episodes. But we're going to do that in a way that features all the games that were actually covered. So I went back and looked at it. Through 99 episodes, we have covered 20 games in the podcast. And that's because uh, most of these games have been covered multiple times. Like, for example, State of Decay, there's been a lot of episodes. Uh, there's a lot of episodes about CFDs early on. There's been um, several episodes on Vigor, for example, Borderlands 3, other Borderlands games. So there's been a lot of games that have been covered multiple times. And then there's some that have only been covered once, too. But... What we're going to do here is try to spend roughly about 10 minutes on each game. Uh, it doesn't have to be like strictly timed. If we go 12 minutes on one game, we go like 5 minutes on another game, that's fine. But we're going to try and roughly spend about 10 minutes on each game, kind of talk about the game a little bit. And what we're going to do is rate the games, but not on a traditional rating scale. Not like, you know, okay, the graphics are great, so I give it a score for that. Uh, the mechanics are great, you know, the gameplay. We're not rating it based on that per se. What we're going to try and rate it on is fun and replayability. So basically these 20 games, we're trying to figure out which of these games is the most fun to play and which game do you want to come back and play the most. So we're all going to give a score if you play the game, 1 through 10, and you can use decimal points. So you can use like a 3.3, you can do a 6.4, and then we will average whatever scores we have. So if uh, all four of us have played a game, we'll get four-player average. Uh, there's a couple of games on here that only I have played, so my score will just stand for that, but uh, we're going to do it that way. So the other thing, see what I want to mention is what we're going to do to make it a little bit interesting is I'm going to call on one of our guests here and they are going to pick the game that we talk about next. So it's kind of a randomized order. It's not in the set order. They will just um, pick a game and we will go with that one. And they have the list in front of them as well. So we are going to start out since it's his first time here. Beats and Buttons. What game do you want to talk about first? Ooh, yes. All right. We're just going to go to the meat of it all we're just gonna jump right into Fortnite because you know there's a lot going on in that oh all right I and i have my opinions that. on this game so i uh, knew it i was i was hoping to delay this one i knew he'd do this i was hoping to delay this so beats since, since you picked it um what's your thoughts and what is your score on it sir okay so with one being not fun, and 10 being the most fun. One correct? being you never want to, like, see the game in anyone else's hands again in your life. You want the game to be burnt to a hell. And 10 being you want to play every day of your life. 
Okay, so I'll give it a 4.5, and I'm going to say why. With it being one of those games that's cross-play, it, it, it leaves room for a lot of um, unevenness in gameplay. So when, when you're playing, a, if you're on a PlayStation, playing against PlayStation, it's more level ground. Xbox, Xbox is level ground. But once you start mixing them in, there's nothing to even out the playing field. So it doesn't matter how good of a shot I am. If I can't build in milliseconds like they can on the PC, I have no chance of winning. So I love the creative aspect that I can play that with my five-year-old and we can do whatever we want and have fun. But as far as a game that I can't enjoy it playing with others because I I I suck at building. That's what it comes down to. (laughs) I suck at building. That's fair. I'm right there with you on the building. I'm not good at building either. Um, I guess I'll go next. I mean, for me, um, Fortnite, we talked about this very early on in the podcast history, and it is one of the games that I would take back if I could, and I would not do it on the podcast, but <laughs> um, we did do it for two episodes, technically. It was um, episode two and episode uh, five? five, I believe. Which was, you know, Monty and I's favorite episode because uh, it was the whole reason I was on. If you didn't have Fortnite, <laughs> yes. you wouldn't have me. <laughs> exactly. Which is actually funny because that is true. Uh, basically, I met Monty because he said that he had access to the mobile Fortnite beta. That's how we met. And I'm like, well, this guy has access to it. Let me have him on. <laughs> Let's talk about it. And that ended up being the least episode listened to episode in podcast history. So. <laughs> So what what, <laughs> what 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 would you rate it then? What would you rate it? Um, for me, Fortnite can be a little bit fun depending on you as a player, but obviously this is our own personal ratings. For me, I'm not really much of a PvP guy. Um, if I play a game of Fortnite, basically I'm more of a uh, stream viewer, is what I call it, because basically if I'm in a game of Fortnite. I'm literally just going to a house, hiding, watching people kill each other, and then trying to be the last one that's left. So basically, my way of trying to win Fortnite is to try and let everyone else kill each other and then kill the last guy. That's my way of trying to win. So. Same. <laughs> Same. So, I mean, for me, uh, Fortnite's not really my game because I just like being able to hide and sneak around. And it's kind of funny, actually, because I am very sneaky and... I almost never get found, and I almost always get, like, top 15 at least just by sneaking. So it is kind of cool at least. But um, I would say that I like the other modes they have. They have all these different modes that come in sometimes. You know, they had, like, the um, Thor, like, Gauntlet mode at one point. They have, like, you know, uh, 50 versus 50 at some points or, you know, four teams. Yeah, like, all these different, like, little mini modes. And I think that does give it some more fun. I do like how they keep changing the map and updating their biomes and, you know, having like, okay, there's an ice little area, there's a desert area here. I think that's kind of cool. So I think because they keep updating like that and it has like these different modes that keep popping up, I do think it is a little bit fun. But for me personally, it's not really a game that I want to come back to very often. Um, I have actually uninstalled it, to be honest with you, and I don't really plan on reinstalling it unless friends want to come in with me and... I don't really have a lot of friends that like to play that, so it's probably not going to happen. So, for me, I think I'm going to have to go a little bit lower than Beats. I think I'm going to have to go a three and a half. I, I think it has great potential for people that like that kind of thing, but I'm not one of the people that likes that kind of thing. So, for me, three and a half. I guess we can go to uh, Money next. What do you think, Money? 
Right, well, uh, as mentioned, cringe. I, I'm on here because I was in the Fortnite mobile beta. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. I was too. Uh, Just um, saying. Alright, alright, zombie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want to feel special, zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Give me this, please. <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah, I, jokes aside, you know, Fortnite, the, the community's a bit toxic, but I say a bit, seems to be very. But I've had some good times playing Fortnite. If you, if you jump in with some friends, you can have a good couple of games. Like, when they had all, all, when they had like the rocket mayhem levels, and it would just be three of us running around with guided rocket launchers, that was fun. That was fun. So I do remember those days, yeah. I haven't played it even close to recently. Last time I even touched it was after they had the update where you could teleport through the little portals. Um, I know my younger sibling, they, they enjoy it. Um, but I think they're a bit more the target audience. But I think I'm going to have to give it a solid five. Like, I'm not a huge fan, but gotta respect the time I've enjoyed. That's fair. So we will add five to the pool there. We have one more to go. Zombie, what is your score and thoughts on Fortnite? Um, so Fortnite, like as like all of you have been saying so far, it is fun to play with friends because you can do tons of basically weird things, and that is one of the things I did with my mates when I was playing it. I just do random challenges like, oh, we'll camp at this one spot. And we're not allowed to do anything. We can't shoot anybody just to see how long we can survive for. Um, I loved all the events that they did, like extra challenges. Like 50v50 was a really good one, especially when I was trying to do all my challenges for like that was the one of my favorites. Yeah, brought out. I'd always do it on 50v50 because it was so much easier to do. Um, I love the changing of the map. I find that really intriguing, and I love that, especially since um, this season specifically they went back in time, and I kind of loved that concept. And I also love the concept of um, this season also having, like, different places get changed, brought back. So, like, some places that used to be, like, really popular uh, are even more popular now. For for example, like, uh, in the desert biome now, you um, they used to have, um, the event's gone now, but they had a Borderlands event there. Um, and it was, like, a full, like, cartoonish, like, graphics kind of, like, thing of, obviously, that early with Borderlands within a dome. They have currently going on, still going on right now, a Batman themed event where they've turned, they've actually made Gotham, well, a mini Gotham within Fortnite, which I kind of like all those events and stuff like that. Um, the thing that kind of took me off the game was when they went futuristic, but too futuristic. So after like they had the whole um, volcano season, so this was about season eight. Uh, I didn't play any of season nine. So I, I've still been around for a while, much longer than all of you have. Uh, but for replayability, I say it's there when they have the right themed season. So season 9 for me was an event for me. So the rating I technically would give it is it's slightly higher than Monty's, but not really that high. I'd say a 5.5. 5.5, all right. So you are actually the highest on Fortnite of all of us. So that's interesting, though. I wasn't really expecting that. 
Yeah, well, I did a lot of weird stuff on Fortnite. Like, like <laughs> if you play Fortnite with me, you'd probably have a blast doing it. Well, see, that's one of the things. It's the same thing with like other games that are like that. They may not be for you, but when you play with specific people, they're fun. So I definitely yeah that aspect. exactly yep. If you play Fortnite with me, it probably might change your view on it, but we'll never know. But yeah, that does give us a composite score of 4.625. So that is our average score. So that will be our score for the podcast today. So we'll see how Fortnite holds up on our fun rating and uh, see where it goes from there. But Zombie, you did actually give it the highest score. So I'm going to go with uh, you next. What game should we talk about next? Ooh, okay. So there's, okay, there's a lot of really good games that I want to kind of save till later. So one I want to talk about and curious about is uh, Forza. Forza Horizon 4. I'm curious to hear about Ah, Forza, alright. You want to start us off here? Uh, for Forza, yeah, I, I love playing Forza. I just love the open world concept. I love like being able to get all these cars constantly and just driving them all around, customizing them to your heart's content, doing all these races with friends. The DLCs that they've just brought out are really good. Like, I recently just went back to playing it, and I love it even then. They just keep updating it and make it even more funner. So for me, Forza Horizon altogether would get solid six. Solid six for me. Alright, solid six. That's not bad. That's better than any Fortnite rating so far, so. Let's go with uh Beats. Have you played Forza or can you not speak on that one? I actually have. I still have uh Horizon three or no, Horizon four installed, but I did play Forza. I had it installed. Um I ran out of room because I got another game, but I would actually go higher than um, Zombies. Um, what got me into um, a lot of the video games I'm into was racing games. It started out with Forza and Gran Turismo, and Forza does such a good job of like making you feel immersed in the race, in, in like, the lighting and the graphics. And I know in a lot of games I don't care about the graphics, but the way they, they use that to make that game better is definitely it, it adds to the fun i have with it so there's a lot of times i'll just drive around and take screenshots i'm not even gonna lie because it's just that nice of a game to look at i would actually give it about 7.5 really all right 7.5 that's a pretty solid score uh i guess i'll go next on this one for me um forza horizon 4 is something i didn't play for very long I got it uh, off the Game Pass. I downloaded it off that and ended up playing it there. Forza Horizon 4 for me, I think what's really cool about this game that you guys actually didn't mention yet, which I'm surprised you didn't, is the seasons. I, I really love the seasons in this game, and I love how you have winter, summer, and you have, like, the rain. Like, it's really cool to actually see all those effects in the game, and they do quite well, too. I mean, seeing the rain actually drip down on a track, like, it, it's perfect the way they did it, and... I love how there's different modes of uh, actually racing. There's like you know the street races. There's the uh, the dirt tracks. You know, kind of like off road type racing. Like I think it's really cool how they have that. They have uh, stunt racing. They have all these like little uh, point billboards you can go find in the world. So there's a lot of actual um, depth to this game that you can actually do to keep you going longer. And I think one of the interesting things as well for me was these uh, boss-type fights where you actually, like, have to race a hovercraft or something like that. It's like, wait, seriously, I'm racing a hovercraft in a car? Like, so you wouldn't really expect to do that kind of thing, but they have, like, these sort of boss fights where you race, like, a giant vehicle or something like that. Or uh, at one point, I raced a train and stuff like that. So I didn't play the game too long, but I would say for what I did play, it was fun for me. I would just say that 
I'm not a huge racing person overall, and the only reason I even tried it is because it was on Game Pass, or else I wouldn't have got it, but um, for someone that's not a racing person, really, I think the game really did the job for me, and it's hard for me to rate it just because I'm not a racing guy, but I think for people that are racing people, uh, it, it does the job very well. So because of that, I think I have to look at it a little bit as if if you're a racing person, would you enjoy this game? And I think you would. I think you'd have a lot of fun with it. So I'm actually going to go in the middle of our two um, guests so far. I'm going to go with a solid 70 for me. And then next up, we have Mani. Well, I, I haven't played Forza Horizon 4. I, I Why? I, I, I'll tell you why. I've got a fun story about Forza. So... When I first got my Xbox, I didn't have many games, but I had some sort of that were pre-downloaded. One of which was which which Forza came with the Xbox when it first came out. I don't know, whichever that one was, that one then. Um, and I have no idea what it was, but for whatever reason, my cars initially they were really good, but then something happened. I don't know if I accidentally hit something in the settings or something, but my cars capped out at twenty miles an hour no matter what the car. So, uh, because it was one of the few games I had, it, I would always play it with my sibling. Like, we'd always sit down and we'd do a couple of races. Like, we'd both use a Mini or something, or both of us would use, like, full-on F1 cars. And then it came to the point where I could only go 20 miles an hour, no matter the car. So I would be in professional Formula One, whatever car, 20 miles an hour. So that kind of put me off a bit. I had no idea how to fix it, and I haven't really touched the season, series since, but I had some good fun when I when it did work. So I can't officially rate Forza Horizon 4, but All right. I had some fun. Well, that is fair then. So since we only have three ratings for this one, that is going to give us a composite score of 6.83. So it does take the lead over Fortnite so far, and it is our number one game so far. So, <laughs> yes, at least it'd be Fortnite. <laughs> So, Mani, I'm going to throw it to you next. You get to pick our next game. Oh, boy. Um, i th- I got to go with a personal favorite now. All right. I, I, I got my personal favorite, Vermintide 2. Ah, I thought you might go with something else. I, I, right. I really enjoyed Vermintide 2. Um, I feel like I could understand it losing a bit of the replayability, um, but there's at least different enough facing different enemies at different points and levels. The characters are fun to play. And like Left 4 Dead, it's just fun to stand there and just destroy hordes of enemies. And particularly with how it feels with the swings of the hammer or the great swords. It's really satisfying. Um, it can be a bit of a pain to work sometimes. Um, but I really enjoyed Vermintide too. Uh... Trying to think of a score now. Um, I think I'd give it a seven point five. I I really enjoyed it. All right, that's a solid score for sure. Seven point five, Vermintide two. I know I have played this because uh, Monty and I talked about it a couple times. So I will uh, go ahead and go next, and then we'll see if our other guests have played or have not. But for me, um, I agree with Monty. It was a very fun game. I definitely enjoyed it. It has uh, a lot of co-op fun to it, and I think that is something that uh, I definitely enjoy, you know, having a co-op uh, experience like that. 
Unfortunately, I didn't know a lot of people that played this. I mean, Monty was basically the only person I ever met that has played this game, as far as I know. So uh, I didn't get a lot of co-op experience with it. But I think the co-op is worth the most fun, honestly. And I do like how they have different characters and different classes. You know, you have, like, um, a wizard you can use. Uh, my person, I, I can't even remember the names, honestly, because it's been so long. But, I remember um, Kruger. I do remember Kruger, yeah. We did a whole episode of Marcus Kruger, yeah. So, he was like the warrior class. And we also had, uh, the one I used a lot was like the archer. I, I It was some like kind of archer girl, uh, I don't know if she's an elf or... But uh, it's, she had a boat. Uh, it's a rain, uh, wayfinder, I think. There you go, okay. Wayfinder, inquisitor, pyromancer. Yeah, so I used her a little bit and they had like um, some different ones that had like guns and it's really interesting how you have um, the enemies from the like Warhammer universe, and you get to go face them and co-op like that. Um, you know, just kind of run through the levels, and I think some of the levels were very fun. I think the level designs were pretty interesting. The level designs felt uh, different enough for me that it actually kept it um, at least somewhat replayable. And they had a couple of different bosses too, which is kind of nice. You know, there's only like I think four different types, but. Uh, you had, like, a rat ogre, you had, um, a bile troll, things like that, that, you know, bile troll spits on you, so you have different tactics you have to use, and I like having to use those different tactics as a team. For me, I think, um, it does depend very, very heavily on co-op, though. Like, I would say if you're not playing this in co-op, to me, it loses a ton of fun value. Like, I could not see myself ever playing this solo, and I don't know if Monty agrees with that, but, um... For me, because it's not really a game solo at all, I think that does drop the score for me somewhat. So for me, I'm going to have to go a little bit lower than Monty, but not too, too low. I think I'm going to have to go with a 6.6 on this one. And then um, Beats and Zombie, have either of you played this game? I have. All right, Zombie, go ahead. Okay. So, um, Vermintine's, like, as you've already said, Blaze, co-op is probably the best thing to do with that. Like, right. I love doing the co-op for it. Uh, I love doing the co-op when I played the first game that they had. Um, Wayfinder, so basically me and Blaze were the same class, the Archer, or the Wayfinder. Love that class. Um, me too. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but, as you've already said, like, it kind of loses a bit of its value when you're not playing co-op, and I personally never got the chance to play it co-op. I only got to play it solo. And sure, playing through it's fun but as you said it kind of gets a bit meh because really right. you're just playing on your own so it's just like meh so since i've technically not played the co-op i can't make an opinion on the co-op so i can't really give a rating for it i mean you gotta get some kind of fun rating like you know if you haven't played the co-op and just rate it based on what you think it would be i guess well because if it's... you've at least you've at least played the game though well yeah it, well i can't really exactly give it like a high rating which i want to do you get what I mean? Like, I think I, I would totally agree with, like, you saying, like, it was, like, a 7-6. I'd say, if I have to say anything about the solo, uh, solo right, I'd say a 6. See, the solos would not get for me. Like, yeah. I would be more on Monty's level, like, around a 7.5 if it wasn't for the solo aspect. That's what knocked down a 6.6 for me. You see, so since I'm basing this off of solo, my rating's based off solo, so everyone just realizes that now, it has to be a 6. If I would have done the co-op... I'm pretty sure I would have put it out of about an eight. Okay. So, but it has to be a six because so I haven't done. The I will tabulate that really quick. 
just you know, I haven't replayed Vermintide two since we did our podcast on it, so <laughs> I completely agree with the single player stuff. Yeah, that doesn't show by the fact that I haven't touched it. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, I think that uh, kind of shows them. And we did actually get a composite score of six point seven, so it just barely loses the Forza. So Forza is our top leader still. So. Still beat Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, <it's> still beat Fortnite. <laughs> That's the aim. Make sure every single one of these beats Fortnite. <laughs> oh, but there might be a few that are close. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can. I can think of a few. But um, it's my turn to pick a game now, so um, I'm actually going to end up going with one of the games that we have a lot of the similar types to. I'm actually going to go with one of our Borderlands games, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring up Borderlands 1 for us. So For me, Borderlands 1 was a lot of fun. I did enjoy playing through this story. I played as Brick in this one. He was, you know, the guy that bashed with his fists, uh, the big bad bruiser guy, and he was a lot of fun to play. I did enjoy the story at the time, but um, this was before I played through Borderlands 2 and 3, and now I can see what the story was lacking, because you know, the story is nothing compared to those two. And I will say that this game suffers from the DLC for me. The DLC in Borderlands 1, um, I remember I played through like the Zombie Island one with um, Zombie here, and I found that super boring, like the DLC of Borderlands 1 was honestly putting me to sleep. Um, but that's how bad the DLC was for me, personally. I did like the original story, though, like the actual main game. I liked the uh, the world. I liked the combat. All of that was good in Borderlands 1 for me. It was just the DLC was the, probably the most sore spot for me in Borderlands 1. And knowing kind of how I feel about the other Borderlands games, I have to kind of temper my expectations for this one because um, I will you know, spoil ahead of time that I did like um, most of the other Borderlands games better than this one. So, for me, judging by what I'm going to rate the other ones at, probably, I'm probably going to have to go... I'm going to have to go with a solid 6 on Borderlands 1. So, I'm going to throw it to uh, Zombie next, because I know he's played through this game with me. Yeah. Uh, so, Borderlands 1 was something that came out around about my um, childhood, right? So this was a game that I really got into almost immediately. And this is talking like little me. Like really, really little me. So I enjoyed playing the siren. Um I, I just loved like the whole like magical like powers and blah blah blah. All you know, the use that some people say. Uh but um yeah, I loved I loved the way the world was shaped, how you could go for different zones, like like they act as like different levels, but they're their own massive big zone in general. Um, all the different characters that you meet are really like intriguing. You want to know more about them. You want to want to know more about the characters you're actually playing as. Uh, most of the boss battles are fun. Some of them are about average, but some of them are really fun to do. Um, the story in itself, in my opinion, was I I I love doing the story. I love the way it was all shaped out, and I do share the opinion with the DLC. Uh, I found it fun at first. Like, first time playing the DLCs, I found right. it fun and intriguing, right? But then when you go through it a second time, that's when it hits you about how, like, they're a bit meh compared to the actual main story in itself. Yeah, we had that one DLC where we just, like, literally driving a road, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's and... all we did was just driving a road. 
You're talking like a little me loving driving on roads, just driving, just car in general. Like when I first like, did it, it. It felt like it was becoming a Forza game, guys. <laughs> That's how much we were driving a road. Yeah, but then it would have been funner. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, my my uh, whole thing for it, I'd say the rating I'd give it, um. I'd probably agree with you, Blaze. Six? Yeah. Alright, I, I actually did just think of something real quick. Um, I'm going to change mine by point one because I forgot my buddy Baron Flint's in here. So, uh, for Baron Flint, I'm going to give it a 6.1 instead of 6. <laughs> Baron Flint was one of my favorite enemies in the whole Borderlands series. He's just a funny guy. So. Shoot him, I killed him in literally about like two minutes. <laughs> but he was fun, though. So, just for Baron Flint, I'm going to give it an extra point one. So... You know, congratulations, Gearbox. Baron Flint got you an extra point one for me. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> uh, Beats, have you played Borderlands 1? I have. Um, I actually would probably rank it just a slight bit higher than you guys. And the reason being for me is because of Roland. Um, I, when Borderlands 1 came out, there wasn't too many games that had a lot of choice as far as um, character race and things. So Roland was one of those options where I could go through and play as a brother. So I'm not going to lie, that definitely affected my <laughs> enjoyment for the game. And the fact that he was a, a gun-toting shotgun wielding you know turret builder you know just made it even better because you have to be smart to run them turrets i don't care what anyone says so there was a lot more for me than Fair just enough. the game but as far as the game went i really liked the way the story panned out um i feel like they just did a really good job with implementing their world and it just got better as the series went on other than you know maybe i take exception to one other one but we'll get to that but i'd probably give it a man I think I played more hours in Borderlands 1 than any of the other ones, so I'd probably give it an 8. Wow, an 8. That's actually the highest score of anyone uh, giving any game so far. So. I actually went back and played that one a lot, too, so that's why I'm like, I'd still give it an 8, because I still have it on my 360 Fair and everything. So. And, Mani, have you played Borderlands 1? I have indeed, yes. I have played Borderlands 1. Oh, I played Borderlands 1 after I played Borderlands 2. Well, um, as long as you still played it, I mean, it still counts. I think maybe even after I played the pre-sequel. Um, <laughs> you did it much in reverse, though. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, but, um, I, I enjoyed Borderlands 1. It wasn't as good as Borderlands 2, but uh, I, I was playing Mordecai. I loved him in Borderlands 2, so I was like, all right. Let's try them out. Um, so I'm the only guy that licked the fist. Uh, I'm the only guy that wanted to bash me over. We were all a separate character. <laughs> I just realized that. Yeah. <laughs> we had That's kind of funny, actually. Exactly. There we go. We can make a squad after this. Let's <laughs> go, boys. Um, but, no, I I played it off Borderlands 2, so I, I didn't enjoy it as much as Borderlands 2, but it was nice seeing some characters being like, oh, hey, there's that, there's this person, so and so. Um, but I I think I'd also go slightly higher than you guys. I think I'd still give it like a 6.5. I still enjoyed it. 6.5, all right. That's fair. So that's actually um, going to give us, let's see. Wouldn't it also be, uh, just to say something real quick, Blaze, on your personal opinion, wouldn't it be a minus one onto your score for Tannis? 
No, I mean, if, if any, <laughs> if anything, that would give Borderlands three a minus four because of what happens with Tannis. Well, spoilers, spoilers. Oh, great! Well, <laughs> I'm joking. I don't care if you spoil it for me. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that doesn't really spoil much stuff. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm not fast. I'll, I'll, I'll get around to playing it eventually to find out what happens to Tannis. No, exactly. I'll play. It, I'll play it whilst we're doing the podcast. How about that? All right, sounds good. <laughs> but that actually gives it a six point six five, which is slightly under the six point seven of Vermintide Tide Two. So it actually ranks lower than Vermintide Tide Two, money. So there you go. Is that a but yay or beats? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I thought Monty would like that at least because he likes Vermintide. So yeah, yeah but I, I preferred Vermintide to Borderlands One. So <gasps> yeah, there you go. You offend me. <laughs> no, no, don't. If it was Borderlands 2, then just you wait till I give my sword to score ah, for that fair, game. Fair, I'll do that. Fair. But we are going to go to Beats now. So, Beats, what game do you want to put up next? Um, Let's go with the AAA title here off this list. Let's go ahead and talk Ooh. about uh, Crackdown 3. Quack, quack, mother ducker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Best intro to a podcast. Best intro to a podcast. Fact. It's the only crackdown I've fact. actually not played. I played had so much anticipation for Crackdown Three. Like I had it, I had it hyped. I was so in, waiting for it. I was gonna pay for it and everything. I'm glad I gave it, put it on Game Pass, and I didn't spend any money on it because I'd probably be more bitter. But you have a good game, you have a decent following, and then you hype up this game to be groundbreaking and game-changing, and then when it's released, it's two separate games. It, it kind of killed all the enthusiasm for me. So, I'm going to say it was a 4. And the reason being is because I had fun with what I played, but I couldn't get into it like I did 1 and 2. I spent, like, I'm sure I have months of time in 1 and 2. I only have like maybe a couple weeks of time in three just because I couldn't get into it like I did with the other ones. There was not enough there was not enough added to the game to build off the other ones to make it as enjoyable as I anticipated. Like the whole idea of having the world destruction was a great idea. And then when it wasn't implemented, that would have been fine if they would have offset that with, hey, here's this to make the game more fun. Like, maybe after you unlock them, having a new game plus or, or something, you know, to, to to add to the replayability. But for me, it's it's a solid four. And it's and it's sad because that was one of my favorite series of games. Fair enough. We'll have uh, Monty go next, and then I'll go third. So, Zombie, you said you didn't play it, right? Yep, I did not play this one. Okay, so, Monty, you can go next, and I'll give my score. Um... Crackdown 3, I, I felt like this was the first Crackdown I played. I felt like it had potential. There were some awesome systems in there, which I really enjoyed. It was, it felt a bit like, um, God, Saints Row the Third, in the sense of how you can just mess around and have fun. But then it, it didn't quite have the allure of Saints Row the Third. Like, the story felt more lacking. It felt more shallow, like beyond doing a couple of basic objectives. There, there, there wasn't much to do. Like there was, take this tower, take that tower. There you go. Um, so I felt, uh, yeah, 
I think I think I'll probably give it a four as well. Four as well. It, it, it just let me down a bit. Like there was there was some great stuff there, but it it just let it drop. Love you, Terry Crews. Oh yeah, no, that, Terry that, Crews, that, that that gives it at least three of the points in there. I that's love playing true. as Terry Crews. <laughs> if, if you, I'm pretty sure that's one of the first thing I mentioned in the podcast about it. Yeah, I'll definitely say that opening cutscene with Terry Crews, like how they all get blasted out of the sky, like that's an awesome cutscene. I love that. It was. And like I said, so much potential, and then you're like, really? This is it. Yeah, for me, kind of like what Beats is saying, it, it's hard to rate this a little bit, because it was basically two separate games. I mean, for me, the Wrecking Zone, which is the multiplayer with, you know, uh, full-on destruction, to me, that was complete shit, and I honestly, uh, when anyone that knows me knows I don't like these that much, I would honestly rather play a mobile game than Wrecking Zone. Like, Wrecking Zone was just god-awful, and there was no point to it. I literally played Wrecking Zone for, like, one to two hours, and that was only so Monty and I could podcast about it. If Monty and I weren't podcasting about it, I probably would have played it for one round and quit it. Like, that's how bad Wrecking Zone was. I mean, it was just pointless. Like, I mean, yes, the destruction was kind of cool to see for, like, the first five minutes, but then after that, it's like, well, okay, these game modes have no point to them. You can't even uh, queue up with your friends in there because they had at the release date they had no actual matchmaking, so you just queue up in there by yourself, and you couldn't actually even play with your friends. So if you can't even play with your friends on it either, I mean, like that kind of takes away from the feel of it too. So I mean, they had basic features missing from Wrecking Zone that you expect in game 2019, and that is unexcusable. And not only that, I mean, there was barely any weapons for Wrecking Zone, and it just wasn't fun. They had, like, two game modes, and they were boring as hell. So, if I was rating Wrecking Zone by itself, it would honestly be a straight-up one. But, um, what saves this game, in my opinion, is the campaign mode. I think the campaign mode was a lot of fun, and it kind of redeems Wrecking Zone somewhat. I did find the campaign mode, um, very enjoyable. I actually never beat it, to be honest with you. I, um, got all the way to the final boss, but I just never ended up doing the final boss. But... They have, like, different um, sub-bosses below the, the CEO, and you have to go take out, like, different uh, power plants. You have, like, you know, your monorail stations. You have, like, your um, chemical plants, your security stations. You have to go take them all out, and it's pretty basic stuff for the most part. Well, that's a lot of echo. Them dig on turrets, man. Them turrets. Okay, I think we're going to... Yeah, there's a lot of turrets in there as well, um, but... For the most part, the stuff that you actually have to do is fairly basic. You have to, like, you know, unlock a jail cell to free some prisoners, or you have to, like, shoot a certain uh, valve on a container to break it and, you know, uh, destroy a certain area. So, for the most part, all the stuff you actually have to do is fairly basic. The bosses themselves, um, I would say there's not a ton of variety in them. Like, a couple of them had a little bit different variety, but for the most part, the bosses were just, you know... A straight-up regular boss, you just jump around, shoot him, you know, take him out. Uh, I would say the rocket launcher did end up being, you know, kind of overpowered um, throughout the game a little bit. And they had, like, echo logs and um, that you could actually find, like, you know, get your other agents and unlock them. But there really wasn't much point to it, because all the agents were basically cosmetic. 
there was like a bonus involved with each agent, but the bonus really did nothing that um, actually mattered. Like the bonus was so negligible that it didn't even matter. And the driving, the driving in this game was such shit. Like I hated the driving. Like I, I literally would rather walk around than drive in that game. And I basically did that. I just pretty much um, got my, I think it was agility up to like level three, and then I just literally jumped on rooftops and glided across the area. And I will say that was a lot of fun too. When you can double jump and glide across rooftops, you know, jump over that, like that's the kind of stuff that made the game really fun to me. Like the way you could actually traverse the open world like that, it was so fun. And honestly, it's just one of those games that you don't have to think that much. And I kind of enjoyed that aspect because it's kind of one of the beat 'em up games where you just, you know, go in there, you just shoot some stuff, you know, jump around a little bit, shoot some more stuff, and it's kind of one of those games that you can just jump in, have some fun, and not have to think that much. And I'm actually going to rate it higher than you guys, because I did enjoy that campaign a lot. I didn't beat the final boss, but I beat everything on the map basically except the final boss, and I just kind of um, didn't feel like going back to the final boss. But um, Because of Wrecking Zone, I can't rank it too, too high, but I am going to give it a 6.3. Uh, I think it, the campaign did kind of save the game a little bit, and I think it made it a redeemable game in some respects. So, that is going to give us, let's see here, a four point seven seven. Yeah. Nope, higher. Oh, higher. Yep. Damn. Four point seven seven, and Fortnite was four point six two five. So, I guess um, even though I wasn't thinking about this at the time, I basically saved it from falling to Fortnite, apparently. So, <laughs> so I don't know uh, how Monty and Beats feel about that, but it beat Fortnite still. So, still beat Fortnite. Everything on this list should beat Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't play this third one then, based on all these um, bad reviews. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I think the campaign has fun involved in it, zombies. Just basically, you have to suspend disbelief with this game. You have to go into this game not expecting something great. And that's what's kind of unfortunate about it. Because kind of what Beats is saying is they kind of build it as something great. And that's not really what it was. You basically had to go into the game expecting, okay, I'm just going to, you know, play this game for a few hours, just shoot some stuff, and relax and not think about it. And if you play the game with that outlook, I think you can have fun with it. That's kind of how I look at it. Just to give an idea, this is one of those few games that I followed from Inception. The first game had, like, a average rating of, like, 83 out of 100. The second game had an average rating of, like, 70. And the third one had an average rating of 60 with less reviews. And our rating is 4.77. Yes, so it, it's it's not just us, I promise you. <laughs> I enjoyed the first and second games, though. I do, too. I still yeah, have the, the first, first and one. second games. I still play yeah, the one. first one was literally like when I was in bloody primary school. I know, I know, I know, man, too well understand what that one means. I don't know what it is in America, like primary school, but yeah, that would well, have been entry. literally, You're that good. came out probably when I was about, give or take about, I think, 11. Oh, so a couple of years ago. I think it was Fair like enough. 11, 10, like around about, like between 9 and 11-ish, right around that time. It, it came out then and the second one came out. It's, it was the same with Borderlands, around that mm. age. It's mad. Well, I'm going to actually keep you talking, Zombie, because I'm going to have you nominate our next game here. Oh, well, since I just said Borderlands, you know what we should do? We should give more to the whole speech... That uh, is about to happen with Borderlands 2. 
<laughs> there we right. go. There we're we go. Going to two already, right? <laughs> I didn't know if we were going to save this one for a little bit. We're going to go over there right now, so we're doing it, right? I, yeah, we're oh. going to go from one bad review to oh. a really good review. That's exactly what we're going to do right now. <laughs> All right, kick us off, zombie. I've got to. Oh, I have the honor of kicking this one off. All right. Oh well, I yep, was. You, you picked the yeah, game. You I know. Started. I know. Uh, so basically, I was when after the first one finished, I was so hyped to play the second one, and just you, you in general it. again, so you playing as a siren and stuff like that. I loved playing this game, and it has a, such a good replayability to go back through and play like True Vault Hunter mode, and I did that as well. Like it's just so it was so much fun to play. The story was good. They had like probably the best villain they probably ever had. Like I loved the villain. It was like it. The reason, like, you loved that villain, it was, it was like a love-hate relationship with that villain, and I loved it. I, I just loved the villain, and that's what drawed me in as well into the story. Is that oh, this villain's an asshole. I want to kill him now, which is what I'm supposed to actually uh, feel about the actual villain of the game. But in some sense, once you play through it like a couple more times, you're like, this character isn't actually an asshole. He's actually fucking hilarious to listen to. <laughs> and I just enjoyed just listening to him just like berate you throughout the whole thing <laughs> and then just all the characters in general like that you meet along the way just immerse you into this world with all the new different biomes compared to the first one where it was just all desert land mostly this one has like different terrains in it which I loved as well and then the DLCs even make it more funner like Tiny Tina's like board game one for example was amazing and I know Blaze, you serve the same experience, like, obviously, same opinion as I, I do, and probably everybody else does here. That Tiny Tina one was probably the best DLC of that whole game, and I loved it. Yeah, it's honestly the best DLC of any Borderlands game so far, I would say. Yeah, unless, obviously, we get a good one in the third one. Right, we'll knows. see. Yeah. But it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, but that, oh, that was such good. The, the DLCs don't even let it down, so mine is going to be a very, very high 8.5. All right, an 8.5. That's a good way to kick it off here. I think that uh, ties beat score for the highest uh, score so far, right? I think I said I'm an 8. Sure. I might have said 8.5. An 8, okay. So. Eight. No, All right, eight, so eight, that eight. is our highest score now. So. Uh, we're going to go with Monty next, because Monty hasn't rated the game in a little while. Boy, this is one of my favorite games of all time. Borderline, I, like, I literally just finished playing it again the other week. Uh, this game I can just come back to and come back to and come back to. And that's single player, like the play playthrough I've just done, single player. Um, it's so fun playing it with friends. Um, I, uh, as a kid, we'd play it, uh, me and a bunch of my friends, I remember beating, um, uh, I don't remember the name of the big boss, began with T or something, big worm guy. Um, sort of just having four of us in one Xbox 360 party chat, yeah. all jumping together, jumping into this game after school. Yeah. You're sat there with your sort of really bad uh, headset that came with your Xbox on <laughs> and just sort of all jumping on together. It just This game has this some amazing moments. It's super funny. It throws you into the game really well. Uh, the characters are great. It brings back characters from the first game. Loot mechanics are amazing. It's got great progression through the game. Reasons to replay it. So many different zones and variety that you can just like skip over half, sort of like half of them. Yet each one has so much put into it. Despite this, um, the DLCs are amazing. Um, 
The only one I haven't played is Hammerlock's uh, Gentleman's Hunt. Yeah, we played uh, that one, right, Zombie? Yeah. That's the only one I haven't played, but the the, the rest of them are just so fun. Um, easily just a game I can just come back to and come back to, um, especially if I have friends to play with. If, if I was playing this with friends, I, yeah, I, I could play this for so long. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this like a 9.6. Wow. I really like this game. I score there. Alright, um, I guess I'll go next and then we'll uh, have these finish this off here. Um, for me, Borderlands 2, uh, a lot of the stuff you guys said is, you know, stuff I would agree with. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I think the DLC really makes this game great for me. I think the whole main story with Jack is, the best story we've had so far. That includes Borderlands 3. I think the story is way better than Borderlands 3 story. So, um, you know, maybe give you a hint for Borderlands 3 possibly. But um, I think, you know, the story is awesome. Vault Hunters are awesome. You have a, six choices instead of four. We're only going to have four in Borderlands 3. And I think the Vault Hunters you have to choose are um, varied enough and interesting. Uh, I played as Gage for this one, and I definitely enjoyed Gage, and I thought Gage was a lot of fun. And I think the skill trees you have have a lot of diversity to them. I think the enemies are very fun, some of the bosses. Uh, I think the end vault boss is very fun as well. And, I mean, what else can you say besides Handsome Jack? Too? I mean, Handsome Jack is by far the best villain in any world of game. And, you know, he technically isn't the pre-sequel too, of course, but he's basically not really the villain villain in pre-sequel. He's more like your kind of, you know, I guess guy dragging me through the game. Uh, but in Borderlands 2, he's actually the villain, and I think he makes for an amazing villain, and I had so much fun with this game. For me, I'm trying to think of a proper score here. I don't think I'm going to go as high as um, Mani specifically, but I think I want to go kind of in between. I, I'm going to go with a 9.3 for me. Beats finishes off here. Alright. <clears throat> so, I'm probably going to shock everyone with this, but I'm going to go a little bit lower than where you guys are projecting. And only because when right. I played this game, I w was not at a place where I knew a whole lot of people online to play with. So I would get into random groups with people so as not to play with myself. Well, the loot <laughs> system in 2 was set to the way that uh, people could steal the good stuff you would see before you get to it. So that was my only hang-up about the whole game, was I I didn't know decent enough people to play with at the time to make it such an enjoyable experience. Because I'd even call out like, hey, don't pick that up. I need that. I've been looking for that. And yeah, blocked. No longer playing with that person. But so for smart, as far as my experiences, I would say it was an 8.5. I love the game. I love the characters. I love Salvador, like... The Gunzerker, by far, is one of my favorite characters and classes in any game, um, just because of what you could do with him. Um, I like being in the front line, so being able to absorb bullet damage was awesome. So I, I would definitely say replayability is all there. I didn't play all the DLCs. Um, kids started coming along, so I had to buy diapers. But I definitely will go Fair back enough. and finish them because I have the Handsome Jack collection. I just haven't gone back and done it yet. All right, and that was 8.5 for the score? Yes, that is correct. So that by far takes over our lead now with a composite score of 
beating uh, Forza by almost two full points. So. Hey. <laughs> we also so, we, we do have a new leader. Makes sense. Yeah, true. And, and still, our lowest team. score so far is Fortnite. Hey. So. <laughs> 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 All right. So we had Beats throw up a game. We had Zombie throw up a game. It's now Monty's turn to throw up a game here. My turn to throw up a game. Well, we have just had a great game. I think we should contrast this with one I am probably going to rate lower than Fortnite. Uh, I'm going to go with Vigor. Vigor, right? The one we just talked about in episode 97. We have. um, The game, it's got some good promise. I know I said this. There's some systems which start to work. And I know I generally spoke a bit more in defense of it in our last podcast. Uh, a bit devil's advocate, though. Um, there's a lot of grind to it for little payoff, yeah. as Derek very much mentioned. Um, there's a lot of bugs and glitches in the game. Still, I'm, the multiplayer is non-functional, <laughs> or at least we could not get it working. Uh, the solo player... I, I can see why some people would enjoy it, but it's not my sort of thing. Um, so I, I enjoy it. And very real quick, I'll also say that um, I think after going through some of these games, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think we were too generous in that last podcast with our scores. Yeah, uh, maybe so. Um, but oh, I, the loot system did get better. I can say that. But I think overall, God... Um, yeah, I'm going to give it uh, four again. Well, that's not four again. You actually gave it six point eight last time. Uh, I, I oh, okay. I gave it quite down. <laughs> that makes sense. So. Uh, Beats or Zombie, have you played this at all? Yeah. Yeah, I played it with you when we did the 12-hour bloody stream, the first one. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. You did your little uh, trial there, so and you can I go next, Zombie. before it was released, and I had the same experience you had to where I didn't want to play it again. So I can speak about it before it was released, but like Same. afterwards, I haven't been hey, back. Hey, go for it. Um, you can go first and beast, and we'll go with zombie. All right. Well, as you can see, I didn't go back. It was it was <laughs> so it was so clunky and broken to the point where I just I really felt like I wanted to shoot myself. So it was no longer one of those games where I wanted to shoot other people. So I was like, yeah. And like, I remember even when PUBG started out, how bad that rough, how rough that was. Like, even compared to that, like, no. Vigor was, I I don't know. I almost felt like someone had made this on their Windows 98 in a garage somewhere. It, it just, I hadn't, I and I played some of the access games that were rough, but this was just, like, tragic. Like, I was like, I can see why they try to kill each other, because they don't want to be there either. So I'd go with a 3.2. Ooh. All right. We've gone for <laughs> Zombie. Uh, oh, uh, I've got, I'm lost for words right now. Oh, my God, <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, so far, this is falling uh, below Fortnite for sure. Um, the last two scores are. I, I don't know how to follow that. Um, <laughs> so, from, what I, from the little time I had playing the game preview with um, the trial, I actually did never actually bought the game like, on game preview. Sucks for anyone that actually bought it on game preview because now it's fucking free for everyone, so there's another down for it. Um... 
Well, you, you got free coins that you can use for cosmetics. But. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Of course, right, isn't of it? Dazzy. Yeah, sorry. I know, yeah. How foolish, foolish of me. I get free cosmetics for a game I paid, you know, like 25 quid for. But, hey, <laughs> don't worry, zombie. The cosmetics that they speak of you can buy, Monty and I checked them out. You can buy, like, a, a orange hat. Wow. <laughs> that, that's, like, your cosmetic options. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. What do I spend my yeah. my money on this month? Rent or an orange cat? But like I I, I had the uh, preview version and I got free coins. I'm like, okay, I can go to the store. At least I can buy some cosmetics. I can get some cool outfits. My outfit choices were a gun skin, a gun skin, another gun skin, uh, a a orange helmet, and I, I think um a bag. Yeah. Yeah, a brown bag. <laughs> that was my options to buy: is a brown bag, an orange helmet, and free gun skins. Jesus. Um, so anyway, based on what I played, which was like for a couple of hours anyway, with the with you players, um, it had its fun moments. But after you played it like about three, four times, it then got repetitive and boring to the point where I was like, "Can we please switch games?" Like secretly, like messaging players going, "Can we please switch games?" <laughs> Literally is what I did. I literally messaged him going on. Di- I literally messaged him on Discord going, "Can we please switch games? Yeah. Can we?" Please and I think I told games? him, "Sabi, we're, we're only playing for two hours, Sabi." Yeah, and I couldn't go because <laughs> I got bored. Did the first hour? I was bored. Like so, for me, this is the this is the one that this is the first one that is lower than uh, a five, three. First lowest one I've done. Ooh. Boy, I feel a lot of pressure to try and save Vigor's life here. Yeah, here's the thing. Vigor was made. I, th- I think even if you give it a, a template a 12, for Daisy. It, still... Literally, they've even said it was made as a template so they could get DZ on Xbox. Literally. I'm just uh, doing some quick math here just because I'm curious. <laughs> See that's funny because even yeah Daisy I know has so many problems in it I haven't touched that game in ages. So many good I well, there's actually game. a so game funny. preview game that uh, is out right now, which I'm gonna test out. That might be potentially better than uh, Sea of Thieves, maybe. Uh, called Atlas. Ooh. So yeah, it's been on the PC for a bit yeah, now, that. and it's my now just came over to ours. Yeah, and my mate bought it. Since our Xboxes are connected, we'll I'll be able to play All it. Right. And give you a rating on that. So uh, I, I did the quick math, though, guys. So I was kind of curious. Quick maths. Uh, in order for Vigor to beat Fortnite and not be in last place, I would have to give Vigor an 8.5 or higher. Oh, my well, God. That so. ain't happening. <laughs> are, are you going to love Fortnite? Fortnite. Is, is Vigor an 8.5? <laughs> well, considering the last podcast, I rated it a 6.5, and I said I was too generous last time. Um, it, it's going to last place. <laughs> Sorry, Vigor. But... <laughs> Yeah, should we, uh, should we just, you know, but, um, get the score done with? <laughs> I I do think I am a little bit higher on it than all of you guys actually, though. I think I'm going to get the highest score of anyone, but not, like, too high. Um, I think it's because of the potential I see in it, where, like, before update 0.6, I really saw a lot more potential in this game, and I will say that the graphics and the maps are, like, some of the best maps I've ever seen. I mean... I'm sure you guys can at least attest to that much. Like, the map actually looked gorgeous. Like, I will give them credit for that, at least. Um, but, unfortunately, the gameplay loop is just so bad. And, like Monty was saying, there's just no point to actually going through that gameplay loop. Because you're building up your base, 
and you're going back out there to get like you know oh, I, I got five nails guys I can I can build a new wood bench like <laughs> what the? Like, yeah we, we got new wood bench guys <laughs> like wh- what do I need new wood bench for like and then uh, oh well, you didn't know that the wood bench gives you uh, five materials oh uh, guys guys we got five materials like, <laughs> like what's <laughs> yes a day a day a day <laughs> so like what I don't understand where the gameplay loops into that and. Then the cosmetics. I mean, we we already kind of joked about that, but the cosmetics story is a complete joke. And like, basically, if you want to buy cosmetics, when we played it, you can buy one bag for your shoulder and an orange helmet, and, and that's your cosmetic. You didn't even have a single shirt or pair of pants you could buy. Like, like that's horrible. And, I mean, I have all these coins I can use that are basically useless, it. but. I will say, on the positive side, you know, the maps look gorgeous. They do have some really cool things in the map instances now, where you have, like, a barred house, you have a communication station, you have um, the signal boosters, you have, like, those different locations you can go to and kind of do different things instead of just go for the airdrop and that's it. So you can kind of, you know, go for the barred house, crack open the safe, and get some cool loot there. So I think some of the mechanics in-game actually give the team promise, but... I think the gameplay loop is inherently bad, and for that alone, plus the cosmetic storage being complete shit, like, I think this game really can't go very high. I mean, I, I even, when I was starting to talk about it, I even wanted to give it a five. I, I can't even give it a five, guys, so, um, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a slightly higher at a 4.3. So, it is technically the highest score, but not much. So. I'll do our composite score here. So since Blaze gave, you know, the highest uh, score, do we write it now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Viva la revolution. And that gives it a composite score of 3.625, which is actually um, one full point lower than Fortnite, so that's not good news for me. Only one? Well, one full point, though. I mean, Fortnite was 4.65, so. Ooh. So one full point is, you know, fairly special. They could pull a No Man's Sky and like in a year it could actually be a good game. So I, I see what you're saying yeah, about true. the potential. But that yeah, is true. I love no Man's Sky now. I'd play Fortnite over it any day. I, I still haven't played No Man's yeah, Sky. It's amazing. But it I looks good it. now. Well, that one's not on here though, Zombie. <laughs> but so uh, I elect yeah. No Man's Sky for the next game. <laughs> so it is my turn up next, and because I know there are some games on here that I believe only I have played, unless um, I'm not aware of like he's playing it possibly, I am going to go with one of those games, just get out of the way, that way not like at the end of the podcast, like, let me just talk for, you know, 25 minutes about four games in a row. Like, I kind of want to get one of them out of the way at least. Um, I am going to go with one that I think was fairly decent out of them, and that's uh, Generation Zero. Has anyone else played this? Yeah. No. I don't think I No. Okay, so this is going to be just my score, so I guess I'll just talk about it a little bit. Um, does anyone even know what it is, at least, or no? Yes. Okay. Is, is it that, like, space No, it's, it's game? similar to State of Decay in a way, where it's, like, open world, and you're um, looting stuff and fighting enemies, but instead of fighting zombies, you're fighting robots. It's somewhat similar. And instead so, of having no, fun, you're not. <laughs> Pretty much. Wait, is it is it is it a top down third person shooter? Um, or something? I believe of so. That yeah. Sort? I, I didn't play. It. Okay, you have. Then I have played it. I have played it by uh, Avalanche. 
uh, I, I don't remember who it's by, but I think I did play it for a bit. You, you go ahead. Okay. I'll, I'll talk about it. Fair enough. So we at least have two scores then. Um, so for me, Generation Zero, I did uh, actually purchase this game thinking that it would be something cool for me to cover on the podcast. It would be something cool for me to stream. And I was hoping, you know, after um, enjoying State of Decay as much as I did, that this game would not be as good as State of Decay. I kind of knew that it didn't have the same polish to it, but I figured it would at least be decent enough that, like, you know, every once in a while I could jump back to it on stream, you know, have a little bit of fun with it. But um, unfortunately, after, like, the first month the game was out, I've never touched it again. Um, I did come back to it a couple of times within that first month, but after the first month, I haven't touched it again yet. And basically this game... I think, like Vigor, it has a lot of promise, but it just doesn't really deliver on that promise for me. Because the game was kind of built as this sort of tactical style game where these robots have different hitboxes, where, you know, one hitbox will take out their weapon supply, like, you know, where uh, the robot can't fire anymore. One thing might take out, like, the eyes, so it can't see you anymore. So it seemed like it was actually going to be really cool and tactical in that way, because you take out different sensors and stuff. And technically you can, but it doesn't really have the same, like, tactical effect as you think, because you end up just, you know, coming into these packs of enemies and just get swarmed anyways. And um, what I ran into as a problem a lot when I first tried the game out is ammo. And I think for this type of game, because unlike, say, State of Decay, for example, there's no melee in this game, guys. So you, you can't melee anything. It's all shooting. And the fact that it's all shooting and I had a scarcity of ammo, that's a problem, because it's not like I can... You know, not that it would be super effective to pull out a knife and hit a robot with it, but, like, you should at least have, like, something you can do, like, you know, melee-wise to actually try and defend yourself. Like, maybe you could, like, you know, kick out the robot's leg and, like, you know, get away. Or, like, maybe you have, like, a sledgehammer you can bring along with you and, you know, kind of bash out the sensor over. Like, you know, there should be something you can do besides just shooting it. And, unfortunately, there isn't anything you can do besides that. So, when I had a scarcity of ammo, it, it really made the game feel crappy for me because... There was one point where I basically had to restart my entire game because I had no ammo. I kept going to this area to try and, like, find some ammo. I couldn't find the ammo. And basically, I was getting ganged up by enemies. By enemies. I had no ammo to my name. I literally just had to run around hoping not to die. And I had no way to defend myself, no anything. So that is not a good feeling, and I had to restart my game. And fortunately, when I restarted my game, after I knew this, I was a little bit more careful of my ammo. But... I mean, obviously, unless the game specifically tells you that, you're not going to be super careful on ammo, because you're going to think, well, I can probably find more ammo. But the game was so scarce on ammo that I didn't know that until I restarted the game the second time. And I'm like, well, I, I guess I better not shoot anything, you know, unless I really, really have to. And I kind of was scarce after that. But um, it also has some distraction items similar to what State of Decay would have. It has, like, road flares. Uh, it has things that, you know, dull the sensors for you. Uh, there's transformers you can blow up to kind of like kill the robots that are next to them if they're next to them. So it has some cool elements like that. It has some cool enemy types. Um, it has a tank that's a giant enemy. It has um, enemies that fly that kind of like alert the other robots that you're there. It has gunner robots, um, seekers. It has like different types that are, you know, some are faster, some are slower and, you know, more bulky. It has a little bit of varied types there. I think the story element is kind of I guess, cliche and non-existent. Like, they basically build a story as, like, you have to find the story in the world. And basically what they want you to do is there's no, like, NPCs to talk to or anything like that. You literally just have to go around houses and, like, pick up a piece of paper that says, like, 
oh, this this happened here. Or like it'll be like a little tape recorder, kind of like um some of the Fallout stuff, where you basically you know hit a tape recorder and it'll tell you like a little bit about um that person's message or something. But you basically have to find the entire story on your own, not really knowing where to go. And I think the game just kind of lacks um some of the fun replayability that a game like, for example, State of Decay would have. And I know I keep comparing to State of Decay, which is probably not fair to this game because it's it's really, really bad compared to State of Decay, but um, that's the closest thing I can compare it to, and that's what I thought buying the game that it would be kind of close to, but it it's just does not live up to that. But I will say that um, if you can control your ammo, there is some fun that you had in this game. I would say it's kind of a middle-of-the-road game. It's not too horrible, and it's not too great. I'm going to say it's a 5.2 for me. Um, yeah, I, I kind of found this game by accident. It was, it was one of those games that I just sort of found on the store. and was like, oh, this looks like it could be a bit of fun. Um, downloaded it just because I was at one of those points where I was between games. I didn't really have anything to play. So I was like, you know what? This, this looks like it could be all right. Let, let me check it out. Um, yeah, I, I downloaded it and I got maybe 30 minutes to an hour's gameplay out of it. Um, it, it just wasn't my thing. Um, I, I'd probably give it more like a 4.5. I, I didn't play it much, so I can't, can't speak to it tons. It, it just didn't really appeal to me. Alright, well, it's better than just having one score for it, so. Um, you know, putting our scores together, that gets it a 4.85. So, you know, not too shabby there. And it actually does put it above uh, Fortnite in that case. So, you know, Fortnite uh, keeps falling even more. So, even though... It... I feel like we were a bit mean to Fortnite. Oh, why? I don't think we're that mean to it. You guys think we're mean to Fortnite? I mean, like, I don't find Fortnite that fun. So, I get Fortnite 3.5. Fortnite's not fun to me, so... Fortnite's mean to us. Exactly. Uh, I, I'm probably just looking at it. With and actually, uh, Generation Zero beat Crackdown Three as well. Uh, I play a little bit, so uh, it's actually uh, a little bit up there. Yeah, yeah. But that is the game that I put up there. So um, let's head. Let's kind of reverse the order a little bit here, and let's go back to uh, Money again. Let's open up the game there, Money. Ooh, back to me. Um, all right. Let me have a look. What, what, what do we, we have today? With? Um, Do you want me to post a list of what we saw left? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Door number two. Let's, let's go. I'm, this is one I haven't played. I'm going to go with Fallout 76. Because I know it was a train wreck. I played Fallout 4. So I know there. they're pretty much copy and paste games, so I could half talk about it. <laughs> um, but Fallout 76, I, I want to hear you guys talk about that. Alright. So you I cannot talk about it, right? I haven't played it myself, but. Who can no, talk about it here? I know I can. I can. <laughs> Alright. You want to start us off in beats? <laughs> sure. Um, I have a custom Xbox One X Fallout 76 edition. So, I'll just start off with that. <laughs> I All right. have been a Fallout I'm sorry fan for since loss. I got a copy of New Vegas given to me. So I, I I knew going into it 
what to expect because I knew it wasn't going to be your traditional Fallout game. So I knew it was wasn't going to be close to that. And because I actually got to play a little bit of a modded version of Fallout 4 where you could play with other people, I you still had NPCs, but we'll touch base on that in a minute. It was just so much so much expectations um that I didn't put on myself made the burn less for me so i'm gonna say as far as playability it's one of those games where if you're not playing with people you know it sucks because they're even though they've updated it and they fixed the attack system and how players can attack you and how you can you know ward off that and whatnot it was like it was the same thing like gta online there's just trolls in every game and 76 you would think would be fallout fans playing the game and it turned out to be you know certain people took their anger out on other players because of their <laughs> lack of love for the game which i still don't understand if you don't like some don't play it i would say for me it's a it would still be a 6.5 because it's another one of those games where the potential is going to make it better as time goes on it's already getting better it's actually more fun to play now than it ever was when it launched, and they're steadily adding stuff to the game. They're not abandoning it, so I think that'll add to the replayability and add to the fun you can have in the game, but I still feel like it, it'll be based off of who you play with. Um, I'm actually in a group of Fallout players, so that I have people I can hit up and be like, hey, I want to get in here and talk with these missions. They'll jump in with me, so it actually makes the game more fun that way, and I still play it. But it's still one of those games where it's not as fun as it could be because it's not what was promised. I think that's a very fair rating. I actually expected a uh, lower from you, so... Yeah, very fair rating there. Um, I will go next, and then we'll finish off with Zombie on this game. Um, for me, I didn't really get much time with this game, honestly. I play one of the uh, pre-beta weekends. I never actually technically owned the game. I just played a lot during the uh, beta, and... That might, you know, color my opinion a little bit more. I don't know. But, um, I will say that if Fallout 3 was on this list, that would be, you know, down in like the 1 to 3 range for me, because I, I really hated that game. <laughs> and, um, Fallout 76, it, it didn't really do much more for me than Fallout 3 did. Which I have heard, you know, um, uh, before I damn the whole Fallout franchise, I have heard that, um, Four and New Vegas are a lot better than those two, so those are probably the two that I should have played instead of these two. But <laughs> I played the ones I played, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I agree um, yeah, someone in my uh, stream chat for our Game Pass game of the month, they suggested uh, Fallout Three for that. Uh, I kind of wish they suggested Fallout Four instead, then, but it's all right. <laughs> Give me their name. I'd like to have a word with them. Yeah, I think it's because it was an old game. It literally just left Game Pass when you put that vote up, so that's why. <laughs> Maybe that's why. And then the minute you finished playing Fallout 3, it came back on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll say Fallout 3 is one of the few games on stream that I really did not want to finish the stream. Like, it, it's there's only maybe... I'd say two or three games on this entire list of games that I literally wanted to just stop playing the game instantly, but I had to force myself to keep playing. I know there's going to be podcast about it, so... Um... Fallout 76, on the other hand, I did find it a little bit more fun than I'd say 3 was, which probably will surprise some people, because uh, I think Fallout 76 is you know, more maligned by the community. But 
I think Fallout 76 for me is just kind of, I don't know, it's, it's meh. You know, it's like, I don't really have much of an opinion on it. It's not really something I enjoyed. It's not really something I didn't enjoy either. Uh, three, I definitely did not enjoy. 76, it was kind of eh. So, because it's like eh to me, I'm going to give it a right down the middle five. Zombie, you are up. Um, so, okay, so I've been a fan of pretty much nearly every Fallout game uh, that I've personally played. Uh, from, like, New Vegas to all the rest of it. Um, you had 76, they hyped it up really well, and it looked really good. And then you play it, and at first it's tons of fun because you had, I had friends to play with, and everyone was having a good time. But then, as you steadily went through it, it was just dull. And, for me, I mean, like, it being kind of, like, rated as, like, one of the worst ones they've done. Like, I love, I love the whole concept of multiplayer, like, with it, right? Like, fair enough, they kind, they kind of did it well. Because there were some bugs that were happening with it and stuff like that that I personally got from playing it day one. Um, but, overall... Like, it's fun to play with friends rather than on your own. Um, and I agree with what Beats was saying and everything. Like, the more you play with people, um, the more fun you'll have and the more better it is than currently, obviously, playing on your own. But obviously, they're upgrading this game now. They're adding more stuff to it. They're adding different like different things to it now that have made the game more interesting and something I might want to come back to at some point. So, for me, I'd say... Fair enough score for me. I'd say a six. Because it has potential. Six, right? So we all kind of went um, fairly in the middle there. So that will give it a composite score of 5.83. So not too, too bad. It's going to beat um, some of our games up there. I know there's uh, some people that, you know, really hate this game. And some people uh, kind of enjoy it more. This does put it uh, right above Generation Zero and right behind Borderlands 1 in our ranking. So, we just had Mani uh, put a game up. We're going to go back over to Beats now. Which game would you like, Beats? Hmm, let's see, let's see. You know, because there is one Borderlands game I did not enjoy as much as the rest. Let's go ahead with the pre-sequel. Here we go. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, indeed. Um, I'll say I've only played through it once. So it, there was no replayability for me, and I played through it because I liked the series. Um, but it just it didn't feel like the same game. It didn't have like the same panache to me. It didn't have like the same like jokes and quips. Like they were there, but it was like the difference between I don't know, like um, Picasso and my kid's sidewalk art. I don't know. It just felt that drastic <laughs> and different to me. What? I don't know. I felt like they it's fell off the bandwagon. <laughs> but I would definitely give it a... I'd give it a six because it's not a horrible game. It just... It didn't feel like... Right. It didn't feel like a Gearbox game to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's go with Monty next on this one. Now... This game, I often say, if it was just a DLC for Borderlands 2, it. it would be a great DLC. <laughs> but they separated it as its own game. 
as a standalone game, it's not great. If it was a DLC, it would have been amazing. It'd be a pretty massive DLC, um, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would have been a huge DLC, and that would have been awesome. Like, imagine how much longer Borderlands Two would have lasted if they just then chucked on this extra huge DLC. Like, that would have been pretty cool. Um, but it's not. So I can't, I can't, I can't give it the points for that. Um, so I'd, I'd probably give it. I, I still kind of enjoyed it. Uh, the characters were kind of cool, at least. I like I like the idea of like I think it was Athena's shield that was pretty cool, um, but I, I think I'll probably give it like a four point seven. Four point seven it is. We will go with zombie next, and I'll finish what's not. <laughs> okay, uh, so like yeah, this doesn't feel like your typical Borderlands game. Like sure, the Vault Hunters were like all right in the sense like you knew you knew. Like, one of them right off the bat. I like, know, so you knew, like, two based on, like, the way you played these games and, like, what order you played. Um, there's a few characters that obviously came back uh, for it, um, but didn't stay long. Only one stayed long. But, um, the story, um, the way they do the story is, like, it's alright. It isn't the best. It's in the middle for me. Um, and I think the whole, the whole, the whole concept of this game, for me, in my opinion, was to basically set up why Jack was evil to begin with. That was that was my take on it. This was literally all just set so you could show off Jack before he became evil. Like I think for me, Jack should have just been the main character for this whole thing because Jack stood out more than anyone else did. For me, so kind of like Monty was saying though, like if that's the whole point of the game is to set up Jack as a villain, yeah. then they could have literally DLC. just did this as DLC. Exactly, yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. It would have been better as DLC where you just played as Jack. And set up his storyline. In that sense, that they... kind of cool. Like not like a you know fake Jack, like actual Jack. That makes yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that like been really awesome. if they would have done that, fair enough. Like that would have been amazing. And I think they still do a really good job of setting up Jack's character arc. But for the, it feels like they forget the rest of it on along the way because some of the stuff that you do become pointless. The thing that redeems it for me is the vault boss at the end for me. That that's what redeems most of it, because that vault, the final boss battle, is really really good, and I loved it. Uh, so if I have to give this a rating, well, obviously I have to give it a rating. God, not <laughs> eh. Um, six. Might feel All a bit right, generous, a but a six, yeah. That's tied feats. So, uh, you, you ready for this zombie? <laughs> Um, I did not like the pre-sequel at all, and this is, out of the whole Borderlands franchise, I literally, uh, you can ask Zombie, I almost did not even finish the game. Like, I was that upset after one of the streams that I'm like, this game sucks, Zombie. Like, I I don't want to play this anymore. And Zombie's like, just give it one more chance, give it one more stream, one more stream. Like, like, fine, Zombie, I'll give it one more stream, but (laughs) I really don't like this game, Zombie, and... Luckily, it did get better in that next stream, but, like, I w- if Zombie was not, like, prodding me along to continue the game, I literally would not have even finished the game. And Zombie can attest to that. Yeah. Um, basically, for me, I broke it down in our Borderlands pre-sequel podcast that we did. For me, how it breaks down is 
Mission 8 to 12 is a lot of fun, and if the entire game was missions 8 through 12, like the end game, the game would actually be pretty fun. I would enjoy the game. Uh, missions 1 through 4, they're like, eh, you know, it's like, whatever, you know, it's like, it's kind of boring, but it's not really that bad. Missions 4 through 8, the middle of the game, is so freaking abysmal. Like, I, I wanted to rip my hair out and just throw the controller. Like, it, like, it was bad. Like, I hate it. Especially, uh, in particular, missions 6 and 7. Oh my gosh, like, Zombie can attest, like, how frustrated I was at that point. We were, I think at one point we were looking for, like, uh, the way to go somewhere, like, through this little tube, and we just, like, spent half an hour looking for, like, the way to get to this tube, and I'm like, Zombie, what are we doing here? I'm like, <laughs> I was just like, we're like, trying to was... find the exit, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but the exit was the power button, Zombie. <laughs> Like that was the it turns the whole out, time. the place where we were going, right, the place where we were going, we basically turned into, oh, we're in the room we were supposed to exit. No, this isn't the exit, so you have to backtrack all the way back to the start of the level and go down one path. That's really hidden. Yeah, it's like this little narrow, tiny tube that you have to go right back through. It, yeah, it's, it's like, like okay. It's, it's the narrowest tube ever, and you have to jump down inside this tube in order to see. Yeah, you wouldn't like, be able to see it unless you <laughs> focused and searched around for it. It's so stupid. <laughs> Well, zombie, I, I'm not even joking. Zombie had to actually look on YouTube to find it. Yeah, literally, I had to go on YouTube <laughs> just to try to find where it was. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's when yeah. I found out you had to backtrack to get to it. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, it, it was horrible, and uh, the enemies in this game, and the bosses, like so horrible as well. I mean, Zarpadon is okay. You know, uh, uh, it's not that bad of a boss. I'll agree with Zombie that the final boss, uh, Vault Boss, is way. is great. I did enjoy that a lot. Um, I did like how the, uh, I guess I won't spoil it too much, but I liked the reveal with the laser. I liked that kind of reveal. That was kind of cool. So I thought that was a very interesting reveal. Um, but, like, the middle of the game where you're, like, making this robot army that you never even use, like... You're supposed to be making this robot army that Jack's going to take back the place with and never even use it? Like, yeah. What's the point of making the I, army? I literally questioned that immediately when we got there. I was just like, I've played through this twice now, and it's the one thing that I always question. We spent two chapters building a robot army, but they never fucking turn up to help us. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so what was the point? It, it was bad. Um, the Vault Hunters as well, honestly, I, I don't really think they're that great. I mean, uh, I played Wilhelm, which I did kind of enjoy Wilhelm. Uh, Athena was cool, but besides Wilhelm and Athena, like, uh, I don't really even remember some of the other Vault Hunters. Like, I know Rayleigh was in there, and I know there's, like, the Jack Doppelganger, but, like, they just didn't, yeah, but even the Vault Hunters just didn't really do it for me. I mean, like... Basically, Athena was the coolest looking one, and Zombie's already using her, so I'm like, well, I guess I'll pick the Wilhelm guy, I don't know. So. But you didn't update. Um, you fought the bond to Wilhelm, though. Just have that one echo log. Yeah, and then you killed him. You killed him. Oh, the echo log was the best, yeah. <laughs> the echo log for Wilhelm alone probably gives this game an extra, like, point two for me. Yeah. the echo log Wilhelm alone. So good. <laughs> you know what it is, Zombie? Or, um, Beats, sorry? No. Uh, basically, Jack says to him, Hey, Wilhelm, you, you want to uh, go hunt for a vault? And he's like, No. 
And then Jack's like, I'll give you a couple million dollars. He's like, okay. <laughs> that's his echolog. <laughs> and that's my backstory. <laughs> that's his entire echolog. He even says it. Yep, goes, that's my backstory. Breaks the fourth one, just goes, and that's my backstory. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> just like, my God. So good. <laughs> a a two-word backstory. Great character. <laughs> that's just lazy writing. Yeah. And... <laughs> No, well, if that's one of my favorite parts of the game, that kind of tells you where I'm going with the score. Um, <laughs> I, I I can't help it, guys. I, I gotta send this score to the tubes. Like this, this has to be my lowest score so far. I'm gonna give the pre sequel. I'm gonna go with the two point seven. Ooh. I I did not enjoy it. Wow! Like, <laughs> Holy shit! Like I want to even stream the next day. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I literally did not want to keep streaming it. Like not, maybe, that's fair. this game, like made me not want to stream. So like I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, <laughs> what, what's our score? Our then? total what's is total? a four point eight five. I thought about giving it a free, free, but honestly, I'm like it doesn't even deserve a free for me. So I, I had to knock it out even more than that. For real, I was still beautiful. Like, I'm still okay still a bit funny. <laughs> uh. Oh wow, we actually have a tie then. So we have to do a quick tiebreaker, guys. Because it got 4.85, which is just above Crackdown 3, which is also above Fortnite. But it actually has a dead even tie with uh, Generation Zero. So, um. Um, I guess. I prefer. Yeah. uh, Borderlands? Yeah. I I prefer Borderlands as well, so I'm going to agree with you on that, Monty, and put it up there. I Zombie and D two generation zero to know I wouldn't have enjoyed it. <laughs> right, so yeah, I think we're all in agreement then. Uh, Borderlands pre sequel is a little bit of a jerk, so yeah, we at least agree on that much. But, but I can't even though I technically gave Generation Zero a higher score, I do see um, kind of some merit there a little bit. <laughs> but uh, Beats threw up a game and Monty threw up a game. Zombie, it's your turn. Great, I have to vomit up a game. Throw it up. Right. <sighs> I have to get prepared to throw up a game right now. Uh, you know what? You have ten left. Uh, I'll do it. You know what? I'm going to pick a game that I've not personally done, but people, okay. other people in might have done. Um, I want to hear the review for um, uh, Thief of Thieves. Alright. I have played that. Has anyone else? Negative. Oh, this is on you, son. Not to get confused. All right, so this <laughs> this is the first solo one. Um, Second. Full disclosure: the in- no, it's the first one because remember, Monty uh, played Journey Zero. Yes. Wait, what? Oh, someone did. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even hear them. Yep. Yeah, I had. So, uh, Thief of Thieves. Full disclosure: the entire reason I play this is because uh, I actually have read the Thief of Thieves comic. It's a comic by Robert Kirkman, who also creates uh, The Walking Dead. And I picked it up one day. I'm like, oh, he, he created this too. The comic about these. Let me let me try it out. And um, I only picked up um, one paperback of it, and it was actually decent. But I didn't I didn't continue it. But I figured, well, it might be kind of cool to play this in a game. So I jumped in and played in the game. The game isn't too bad. It's um, a story based game, basically, and it's similar to like a telltale or like a life is strange and that you have episodic uh, adventures, but it's different than those in 
you actually have a lot more action that you control yourself. So think of it like um, it's episodic. You have to like do a certain job. You have to like you know go steal something, and that's like your job for that um, that episode. But you're playing through it, and you actually have more control over where you go and what you do at certain times. So it's not like super linear, but it's also not open world. It's kind of um, in the middle of that. It has like some linear-based focus where you have to like, go in certain areas, but you can kind of do what you want in those areas. And honestly, um, the lack of combat in this is something that some people have been turned off on because there's no combat at all. It's basically a 100% stealth game, or at least that's what they try to make it, and if you get spotted by one of the thugs, then it's kind of funny. They basically just run right over to you and punch you in the head and knock you up. So that's kind of like... <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, if you get spotted, you just get punched. And it's kind of funny, too. They punch you in the head, knock you out, and I think they sling you over their shoulder like a body bag. So. <laughs> and basically, uh, the only consequence of that is you just kind of restart from your last checkpoint. So it's not like a huge consequence. But um, it is a stealthy-based game. You have to um, do some different things. You have to use your ingenuity a little bit. Like, there's just one part of the game that I found kind of interesting where you uh, have to get into this party to steal a motorcycle, but there's, like, a guard at the front that's, you know, a bouncer using a guest list, and he's like, you're not on the list, and you have to find a way to actually get in there. And it took me a little while to figure out, but I uh, ended up finding a way to get in there. And basically, once you're in there, you have to, like, you know... Um, set off some of the alarms a certain way to you know, pull the guards in certain areas or you have to like crack a safe or you might have to um you know lock pick a door. So it has like a little mini games like that and the lock picking is kinda like um similar to like what in the Skyrim movie, if anyone knows Skyrim, but um the little mini games aren't that hard. Yeah, Skyrim's awesome. A- anyone know Skyrim? Anyone? But the little mini games aren't too hard. Um, the game itself, I think, is pretty fun. It has like an overarching story that the characters kind of go through in like little mini cutscenes. And basically, if you keep playing the game, I only played episode one, but if I continue playing the other episodes, then what would happen is I play different jobs. So the first job of the game is basically you uh, have to steal this motorcycle. But what I found interesting is that the character's trying to tell the story to someone about um, the job they did, but they kind of lie at first, and they tell a fabricated version of how they got out with the motorcycle. And then you kind of, you know, do that fabricated version, and it's like, oh, this is easy. But then you realize uh, that's not really what happened. And then you kind of go back there again, and you have to, like, okay, this is what really happened. And it's, like, the harder version of it. And then you actually have, like, you're kind of scouting the area out, kind of like, you know, a stakeout, and you're kind of checking out the area, checking out where things are, and then you go to, like, the main event, which, like, so basically you do the same mission sort of three times, but it's, like, kind of different feel to it each time, and I kind of enjoyed that, so. <laughs> Overall, for me, I think the game has some fun and some replayability. It's not, like, a top-tier game or anything like that, but I think it's a solid enough game that if I had the time in my hands, I probably would jump back in there and, you know, check it out again, um, kind of see what I can do next, and... Uh, you actually get team members later in the missions, apparently. I didn't play mission two and three, but apparently you get um, team members that join you instead of one person. So you get like a safe cracker, a specialty guy, and stuff like that. I think score wise, I'm probably looking at like, hmm. I'd say a 5.5, honestly. It's a fairly decent game, but it's not like anything, you know, to write home about. So, 
obviously you guys can't comment on too much, but um, that's where I'm at with that. Do you play it? So it sounds like it's a bit of a Hitman meets Dishonored meets Telltale I would agree with that, yeah. sort of thing. Do you play as the title character from the comics, or do you play as someone else? Um, you, the title character is Conrad uh, Paulson, I believe, and you are playing as I believe it's his daughter. Oh, interesting. Right. Have you read the comic? I know the comic. I haven't read it. Like, okay. I, I know enough to know like who the main character is and who it was by right. because I followed him, but I haven't. Read yeah, it. the comic isn't that bad actually. I only read through one paperback and I only played you know one episode of the game. But I mean, I'd say that both the comic and the game are like you know worth getting back into if uh, somebody likes that kind of thing. But it just I didn't have a lot of time in my hands and it wasn't like great enough that I wanted to jump back in again. Okay. But that being said, I guess it is my turn again to put a game up here. We do have nine options left, right? Um, Sounds about right. Hmm. I know Beats has to go at some point here, so... Let's go with Big Gun. Let's go with State of Cape Dun-dun-dun! We gotta get this one done before Beats gets out of here, so I might as well throw it up there now. Uh, so, I've not played this one before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Big so, State of Decay 2 is a game that I obviously love. Uh, most of this panel loves. I don't think Bonnie's played it. Have you played it, Bonnie? I don't think so. I haven't. I've barely touched it. No, I Yeah, I so haven't. Bonnie's the guy in the panel that, you know, is going to sit in the corner while we gush about this game. But <laughs> um, Undead Labs is an amazing studio, and they do a great job with this game, continuously updating it. There's been some great DLCs like Zed Hunter. Uh, the Daybreak DLC, which offers an awesome new mode. And the Choose Your Apocalypse, where you have uh, different difficulty modes. You have Heartland, where you go back to a new map and have play walls into the game. Like All this different stuff that came after the game is super awesome. They just recently released customization options, where you can actually have different styles of clothing, which is really, really cool as well. And honestly... Um, the main game is just as good, if not better, than any of that as well. I mean, there's so much replayability in this game. You can just go around for hours and hours just looting and fighting zombies, killing special zombies like juggernauts, and you can find enclaves. You can either kill them, befriend them, do little chores for them. The base mechanics in this game are something that's super appealing to me, and I love playing around with the bases and kind of making the bases sustainable kind of tearing them down, trying out different facilities. You can put different facility mods on there, and uh, there's just so much depth to this game, and you have four different maps, and you count Heartland as well, so you have different maps you can explore as well. There's different cars, which I've done uh, demolition derbies in the game. There's been a whole community around the game that's done different events, things like that too, so there's so much to this game, and there's so many different possibilities you can do, because each character you recruit, you can have different skills on the characters, can have different traits on them, and each trait and skill affects the character a different way, and gives you a different set of abilities. So, the game has so much depth to it that people wouldn't see on the surface, and it's not until you play it for hours and hours you actually see all the depth. And I really, really love this game, and I honestly, um, I have no choice, guys. I have to give it a 10. Boom! There you have it, people. Yep. <laughs> so. Finest, yeah, it's finest. I, I, mean, um, <laughs> I mean, honest uh, opi opinion. Um, oh. 
I didn't even give Borderlands yeah, I know. 2 that. <laughs> Biasty much. <laughs> what else do you want me to say? Like, I've done most of my episodes of the podcast on Sid and Decay. What do you want me to say? Uh, I've, had devel- I've had developers on the podcast as well, so. The glitches don't take away from it. it, it you just glitch right through the game and have fun, so. It, it's about fun, zombie, not glitches. So, we will go with uh, Beats next. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> first, I'd like to thank my mother and my father. No, I'm just kidding. But I would I would have to say that as far as fun goes, um, I love zombies, uh, games, um, comics, movies. Like, I'm literally a Zed head. I always have been. And it's kind of weird because my mom's like completely the opposite. Everything scares her. So I couldn't watch any things growing up. So I snuck it. But State of Decay gave me that outlet to experience what they go through in these zombie apocalypse movies. And I mean, like you were saying, with the way the characters are customizable, um, even now to where you can change their outfits. Um, I love that option because I can go in and have them all looking like a bunch of stealth ninjas if I want and all wearing all black. So it's like you can you can now customize your clothing. So they, they listen to their community. They add the things the community asks, like... There is bitterness, and, you know, not everybody gets what they want, but that's how life is. But as far as the developers go, as far as the game goes, I I would honestly almost give it a 10. I'm going to have to say a 9.75, and I'm going to say the only reason it's not a 10 for me, I don't know who I got to befriend to get an Easter egg. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously, like I love the developers. They're they're interactive. Um, it gets a 9.75 because the only thing I didn't have any deaths in my community and and, and across all my playthroughs until after an update it caused the glitch to happen to where when you kick somebody out if they died around your base it ca- counted as a death to your community. So that's the only thing that takes away that point two five because that was my staple. That was like my claim to fame is like I had almost uh, 800 hours at that time without a single death. And then that happened. I was like, mm, mm-mm. no, you didn't. I was a little bitter for a little bit. I'm but not a death they keep adding later. to it. So I, I would have to say 9.75 solidly. All right. All right. So it's a little bit low, but, you know, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> my wife plays it every night with me as our way to relax and recuperate from the day so i mean it's even yeah, a bonding experience so that right there if my wife you even join my demolition my games, derby too yeah. yeah she she loves this game she loves the community so I that's what i'm like that, by the way it, it definitely is a 9.75 i rest my case right. on her. zombie <laughs> you got some big shoes to fill here you know the top score and second best score in the entire podcast so far um so <laughs> With this game, with this game, with this game, uh, no, uh, but seriously, it's a load of fun. Like, I've been playing this since it came out, like, on 360, like, back when they had the first game. Like, I enjoy it. Just a sandbox where you control everything that happens, you decide what happens and when. I just love that concept of having that freedom to do what I want to do, rather than it just being like, oh, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this or else this will happen, you have to do this and blah, blah, blah. Like, and you're forced to do it, but, like, with that game, you're not. Like, with Kids 2, you're not forced to do anything, so if, like, you can really stab and you could just sit there and laugh at them. Obviously, I wouldn't do that, because that's really cruel, but, you know. Um, 
<laughs> so just, I've wanted to do that from time to time because sometimes, like, you know, going into other players' communities annoy me because they always moan. I've always just wanted to see them starve. But, you know, anyway, carry on from that point. Uh, you know what I have to give it? And I think I'm about to shock everyone here by saying this. I mean, glitches and all that stuff kind of, like, like in my experience, like, they are fun. But at some points they kind of ruined it. But it wasn't enough to ruin it to the point where it'll actually affect this score. But you say the highest is 10. Isn't it, Blaze? Yeah. How about I break that and do a 10.5 instead? Yes. Yes, I can. For 70k, I can. It's a bonus point. Come on. Guys, I'd like to change my score for this 20. Repeat 20. Yeah, I'm only going 0.5 higher than what the actual boundary is. <laughs> well, well, Monty wants to change his 20 now. <laughs> I'm going to have to with the chief here. We're vetoing these decisions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can give it a 10 if you want, though. I'll give it a 10. Go on, then. <laughs> All right. Dang it, Beats. It could have been a perfect score. You had to ruin it. Gosh, Beats. I'm sorry. Actually, actually we don't I'm know. How could do? That, that was my claim to fame. They took, they took it from me. Well, this is the last time that Beats ever comes on here, then. <laughs> <laughs> so now, instead of a perfect ten, we have such a low score. It's a nine point nine two, guys. Like, that's really low. Yeah, even Fortnite beat it. Now, I'd, I'd just like to bring something up here. Uh, IGN, Stage Decay two, seven point five out of ten. IGN, Borderlands two, nine out of ten. Common Sense Media gave Borderlands 2 4 out of 5, and State of Decay 2 out of 5. you know what? That's because those are people who don't actually play games for fun. Those are people who play games to get paid and to give their Yeah, IGN do. That's our alert. Fallout 76 is one of the lowest scores ever after No Man's Sky, and now No Man's Sky has been removed off that list of 20 worst games. So, I'm just saying... It's, yeah, and we get Fallout 76 at 5.83, which is actually pretty high for a lot, for a lot of people to get it. Mm-hmm. So. True. But when you have so, a love for something and a passion, and like I, like Blaze said, like Zombie said, the community around this game, though, literally makes it that much more fun. Because we can have events where we can get together and do stupid and zany stuff in this game, and it's entertaining. Yeah. Maybe I have I, to I try it out. Yeah, you do have to try it out. Yeah, you do. <laughs> finally, finally. Yeah, finally, we're gonna drag right. you. We're and then you can you. actually come on the podcast about it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna drag you. <laughs> and I'm down to help jump in. Yeah, and help we're gonna you get drag you. Drag me by the ear. I'm sure we can make that a whole thing too. We'll do it. We'll do a whole day of it. So the four of us will get on and we'll we'll teach mine of the ropes. Well, actually, technically. Do I want to do that though? Because I'm prone to always accidentally getting people killed or just being around people that get killed and they get blamed for it. So. <laughs> yeah, you, you kill Wilhelm too, man. <laughs> My good luck will offset your bad luck. So we'll Here's the thing. I'm a death aura on State of Decay 2, but I've not had a single death in my community. Yeah, sorry, Beats. I can't let you have that one. Sorry. Just saying. <laughs> I'm the same as you. I've not had a I've not had a death in my community. Full stop on my But beats. Don't worry, beats. That's because he hides in the corner while the rest of the team fights and dies. Well, actually, I I don't. (laughs) Actually, I'm actually fighting my own zombies. Thank you very much. (laughs) 
Drummer hey, nation. Rewatch our Undead Trials 4 run when we say, Zombie, kill that play card. He's like, I can't. And I'm like, oh, God, Zombie, I'll do it. Hold on, hold on. I say that specifically because there's about 10 zombies blocking the bloody door, so I can't get in the bastard thing because they're all just. I'm sat there trying to roll into the place, and they're all just like, no, sorry. Sorry, you can't get past. Sorry. So I'm stuck there trying to get in, and I'm getting stuck in between everything. Alright, so we'll watch teach you how to open a door and say the case. Alright? Yeah, we'll have to teach you how not to get killed. And decay as well, if we would have allowed Zombie Touché. to that extra uh -huh. five, it would have kept it at a perfect game. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, just saying. That is true. So you should have kept that it at that if, if you wanted a perfect game, Blaze. <clears throat> just saying. Well, <laughs> you can't go over. That, that's breaking the rules. What rules? But... <laughs> Breaking boundaries, because... breaking world records. Come on, Blaze. <laughs> so because I know Beats has to go at some point, I am going to let Beats nominate our next game here, so he gets to at least nominate one more. Um, let's see, what do we... Might be the last one you nominate Beats, depending on the time you have. So pick a good one. Uh, have we discussed Sea of Thieves yet? We have not. Let's tackle Sea of Thieves. I played the game for a total of 12 hours, and out of those 12 hours, I spent six locked in a brig. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> let me backtrack and explain what happened. I in the game, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to find people to explain things to me. I get invited to jump on this boat. So I get on the boat, we're sailing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to talk to people. No one's talking to me. I wasn't invited to a chat. So I'm a, I'm lost. So they literally, the screen goes black, and the next thing I know, I'm locked in a jail cell down in the bottom. So I must have been such a dead weight that they were just like, we're going to lock you away for your own safety. And I'm not even going to lie. I went to the bathroom. I went and got some stuff from the gr from the gas station across the street. I came back. I ate dinner. And I was still locked in the jail cell while they were doing stuff. So I was still getting XP. <laughs> I was still leveling up while locked in the jail cell doing nothing. So my experience with it was crazy in the fact that I have that story to tell. But as far as fun was, it's one of those games where if you don't know what you're doing and you don't have people you can talk to to play with, it's not that fun. I love the concept. I like the the style of the animation and how it looks and how it plays. I have a hard time sometimes with first-person games and getting into it because I like to see my character. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just um, vain like that, but it, it it drops the fun for me. So I'd, I'd give that one a 5.75. So I'd go back and play it eventually if I played it with people I knew, but for now, it's on the bottom rung. Again, all of us all right. could do. Fair enough. <laughs> we could, yeah. I mean, we've all three of us been on a podcast about CZ before, so. We are yeah. going to go with Zombie Nets. Alright. Um, so, my time playing Sea of Thieves isn't being locked in the brig. Um, mine is locking people in the brig, actually. <laughs> Just looking at them and laughing. Um... But apart from that, no. So you locked Beats in the brig? It might have been. You did that to Beats? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I might still have that clip. I'm going to have to go review the footage. <laughs> uh, no, it probably wasn't, it probably wasn't you. We're going to have to call you out for that, zombie. If it did, then sorry I did it for a dare. But anyway. Uh, 
but yeah, it, it's a lot of fun just to uh, play that game. Like, obviously being pirates, obviously sailing around, just having a laugh, like, with friends and shit when really weird things happen to the game. Like, I remember playing all the way back when it was, like, in beta and alpha, and some of it was broken, yeah, yeah. and you'd have a ship, and one thing that happened to us was the ship just flipped upside down, and we all got thrown into the water. I was like, what <laughs> is happening? Um... But yeah, it's a, it's a ton of fun to play. It's it's tons and tons and tons. I can't stress that enough. Tons of fun to play. Um, with all the new stuff they've added as well, it's like they keep updating it and it keeps getting more fun to play. Uh, but as Beat said, it's better to play it with friends that you can actually communicate to because if you're playing it on your own with nobody else, it does get boring. And most of the time, as Beat's story does prove, you just get locked in the brick. But I have to give it probably a solid 6.5 6.5 all right just because i've had glitches that have screwed my game up before to the point where i haven't been able to play it so only think okay uh i'm gonna go next and then mining will finish it up for us so for me um this is the game that i started the podcast with and it was the game that i intended to um have the main focus of the podcast around but uh, then I found a love for State of Decay more than this, and I kind of switched gears. That was around episode 11, so basically uh, around episode 11, this kind of took a back burner, and ever since uh, episode 11, I've only covered CFDs for, like, big updates more so, and even uh, that, it's been a long time since I actually covered it. Um, the last time I covered CFDs at all, I believe, was uh, Zombie's first episode with uh, Monty and I, and I believe Meter was on that one as well. But, um, basically, Sea of Thieves, it's come a long way since the beta, it's come a long way since launch, and they have been updating the game, they have done a lot of things for the game, they've had some new enemies you can fight, like, uh, they had the Kraken come out, which wasn't there at launch, in the Hungering Deep, they had Skeleton Shift come out, which is a new enemy type that, uh, kind of roams the world, which that was a first sales, uh, DLC that couldn't actually roam the world at first, but now it can roam the world. They have the Kraken, of course, that was always there. They had a whole new region developed, which was the Devil's Roar, which is uh, really cool, actually. And Devil's Roar is a like kind of uh, volcanic region, and that was kind of really cool to see. And honestly, uh, my favorite update was uh, more on the anniversary of it, and that was the Tales from the Sea of Thieves update, where it actually had sort of a lore story to it, which I haven't really finished much of it yet, but... I did do uh, two chapters of the story so far, and it's actually a lot of fun. It changes the game a lot, because instead of doing um, merchant cargo runs or doing, you know, just kill a couple of skeleton captains, you actually have, like, more story to it, and you have to read these uh, little books of text to figure out where you have to go, and you have to kind of decipher the clues to figure out which island you have to go to, uh, maybe, you know, where to dig up a certain chest, and things like that. It's actually pretty cool, so... I think with stuff like the Tales um, in the Sea of Thieves, I think that kind of stuff is actually something that's going to make the game much more viable for people. And they also added an arena mode, which the arena mode you get to um, queue in with multiplayer components and just kind of, you know, have a lot of fun in a short 20-minute match and uh, blow up each other's ships, trying to get some treasure, things like that. So there's been a lot of updates uh, since launch and... I think they have done a lot to keep the game fun. The big problem for me, though, is this game is a big time sink, where if you have, say you have an hour free, 
if you have an hour free for a lot of the games we're talking about, say you have an hour free, you want to play Fortnite. You can jump in, you can probably get, you know, two, three games done. Say you have an hour free and you want to play uh, Crackdown 3. You can jump in, you can probably take out, you know, a whole boss and knock that out, you know, have some fun there. Borderlands 2, you could jump in for an hour and you could probably do a couple side missions, you know, or maybe a main boss and, you know, farm a boss a little bit. State of Decay 2, you could jump in and you could, you know, loot one area of your map, take out some play cards. You could do a lot of stuff in a lot of these games with an hour. And an hour, obviously, if you're a working parent or you don't have a lot of time on your hands, an hour might be all the time you have in some instances. For Sea of Thieves, if you have an hour, basically that's enough time to get your ship loaded up, uh, sail over to one island, maybe grab a couple boxes, and sail back to the Epos. That's pretty much going to be your hour there. And to me, that is kind of something that keeps it from being more fun to me, is that it's such a time sink, and you really need to plan a whole night to play Sea of Thieves to have a lot of fun, in my opinion. So, like, if I'm going to play Sea of Thieves, I have to plan out, okay, we're playing Sea of Thieves for, like, five hours, and that's where I'm going to try and get my fun in. And the other thing I'll say, too, is, for me, I know there's people that do like to play it this way, for me, it's not going to be fun solo at all. Um, for me, it's most fun if you have four players playing with you in a galleon. And it's kind of fun on a sloop sometimes with two people, but for me, the galleon experience with four players is really where it's at, and having that camaraderie, having, you know, okay, zombie, you get the sails, Monty, you take the wheel, and I'll get the cannons. Like, that kind of stuff where we actually split up the duties and we kind of work together, that's kind of the cool aspect of the game to me. So, that all being said, I do have fun with it, but... um the negative aspect of solo and the time sink, it really brings it down for me. It's kind of why I stopped playing it as much and kind of why I stopped coming to podcast. So, overall score, I would say... I'd say you guys are about right on the money. I, I think, for me, it's going to have to be a 6.3. Monty, you are up. Yeah, well, likewise, I've been playing this this game pretty much since the since the start, since the second alpha beta, whichever it was. I've been playing this. Um, it's I like I made a couple of friends through this. Uh, I think this was like was this our first game that we played together? Um, I I think this might be. I think we played this together before we played any Fortnite. Yeah, it was this or Fortnite? And I know we played Vermintide pretty early on too, but. I think it was. I think it was this, yeah. And then we play Fortnite next. Yeah. Time. So. So yeah, we, we, I've been I've been playing this for a while, but I haven't touched it since we last did the podcast on it. It. I, you know the the betas. I assume they were sort of a bit of a demo, rather than being pretty right. much the full game. Um. It it felt very lackluster. When it first came out, um, I, there was obviously the extra merchants guild, um, which was added, but that by no means changed the, how everything worked. It didn't revolutionise things, and in fact, I don't even enjoy didn't even enjoy those missions anyway. So I didn't play them. Um, I mean, obviously, then along came tells. Tales from the Sea of Thieves, uh, so many new areas, so many new things, new bosses, etc., etc. Um, but, yeah, it's unless, unless you're jumping in with some friends, it, it's a bit of a skip. 
in my opinion. I'm, I'm going to go lower than you. I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with a 5.5. 5. 5. 5. Alright. Mm. I, th- I think it had potential. And that's interesting, actually, because um, you and I have probably played the most out of the four of us, and we gave it, you know, some of the lower scores there, so interesting. Yeah. So let me... Lack yeah. of replayability, perhaps. But that actually does give it a 6.01 average score, so... Um, zombie score kind of propped it up there a little bit, so, you know. Congrats to you, Zombie. Hmm. That does put it right behind Borderlands 1 and right above Fallout 76. Before it places it in the rankings. And speaking of Zombie, we're going to have Zombie nominate the next game. You have a couple of choices left. Uh, you've got, looks like, seven choices left. Um, you know what? I think we should head back to uh, Borderlands. Uh, All right. Specifically, uh, I think we should go to uh, Tales from the Borderlands. All right, we're just talking Tales from the Sea of Thieves, so let's talk about Borderlands Tales now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good transition. Oh, wait, that won't take uh, so, <laughs> Tales of the Borderlands, I loved playing. <laughs> Telltale always do stuff like this right, and I just loved it in general. Um. Because, again, you bring back certain characters for it, and bringing back, obviously, like, a partnership that um, you have with the main character and um, Handsome Jack, I I love that relationship that they have throughout the whole thing. I think that's really good. And overall, the story's really good. I enjoy it from, like, people not trusting each other to then trusting each other again. Like, in general... Like, I just love the way they build all the relationships up, the way each area is, like, dramatic. Um, some of the deaths are emotional. Especially one that I won't name in case people haven't played it. But they probably already heard it already. Um, but overall, yeah, I enjoyed playing this. I, I, like, when I was doing it, I couldn't wait until, like, every episode was coming out for it. So, for me, the rating I've got to give this is a solid 7. Alright, fairly solid rating. How about we go with uh, Money next? I haven't actually played this, so I, I oh, can't well, give it a rating. Right. Um, Fair enough. I, I haven't really played much Telltale stuff. Like I, play, I played the first season of oh, The Walking the Dead, but that's it, really. You've redeemed yourself now. Have you played a Beats? <laughs> I have, I have. We talked about okay. this while you were streaming it, but um, I didn't complete it. So I think I got through the first... How many episodes were there? Four? Five. 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 Okay, so I got through the first four. So I knew there was okay. either one or two I didn't do. But I would have to agree that I love Telltale's series. Um, I loved, uh, what was the one with the wolf? Oh, my gosh. Wolf Among Us. Wolf Among Us. Like, I loved that one. The way the story Season was laid out. I loved the, yeah. the Telltale games uh, or their their series, The Walking Dead, like how they handle all that. So I actually liked that one way better than I liked the pre-sequel. So I had a lot of fun playing that. And seeing a lot of the insight into some of those characters and their relationships, like Zombie was saying, was actually really cool. Um, and But because I didn't finish it, I would say based off of what I played, I would give it a solid 6.8. 8, all right. Um, for me, I think this game was a lot of fun. I do as well like the Telltale uh, series and how they do their stories. 
This was one of my, um, I'd say upper echelon Telltale games. For me, this is the one that had the most humor of any Telltale game. And I think kind of fits very well with the Borderlands universe. I loved all the characters in the game. Even some of the villains, you know, uh, Vaughn and Reese were really cool. And it's nice to see them back in um, Borderlands 3. Um, I think Sasha and Fiona were awesome as well. Hopefully, you know, they come to a DLC in Borderlands 3 at some point. That'd be kind of cool to see them. And even some of the villains, like I said, you know, Mallor was an interesting villain. Um, August was interesting. Vasquez was, you know, I think, honestly, I would venture to say that Vasquez um, might be one of my top favorite villains in the whole Borderlands series. I think Vasquez is, like, kind of, you know, that perfect level of, like, asshole that, like, you love to hate him. And definitely not up there with Jack, but I think Vasquez was... I'd, I'd probably put him in my top three of Borderlands villains. I think he was a really fun villain that um, kind of drove the story a little bit, and I definitely enjoyed him as a villain. Um, I think that these choices in Tales from the Borderlands were maybe lacking a little bit. And what I mean by that is the choices in Tales from the Borderlands didn't matter as much as, say, like um, a Walking Dead Telltale choice or something like that. Because a Walking Dead Telltale choice that's more usually, like, um, more, you know, life and death kind of choice. The Tales from the Borderlands choices, they drove the story along still, but the choices didn't seem like they really mattered too much in the story, because either way you pick, it's not going to affect things too much. So, at the end of the day, you're not going to, um, you know, kill off a bunch of characters because you chose the wrong choice. And for that, I do kind of knock it a tiny bit, but I think the story is still fun to play along with, and I did enjoy overall. So for me, I'm gonna say, hmm, got a seven to six point eight so far. Honestly, I'm I'm right about there with you guys. So um, I'm gonna go right in the middle at six point nine. I, I think you know you guys are pretty much right on the money there, and I think that's a good score for it. So let's see what that gives us. I guess it's six point nine. All right. No. So 6.9 will elevate it. Actually, guys, I this might surprise you, but that elevates it third place, right behind Borderlands 2 and above Forza. Does that surprise you guys at all? Not really. Not really. Uh, the only shocking thing is Borderlands is in second place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's a game place? that's so much better than that, so. There's definitely some bias here, but still, I agree with the sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Beats, are you having to go right at three? I have like 25, 30 minutes, so. Okay. So we could probably definitely get uh, at least one more in there. So, Zombie, you are up to nominate a game, so. I just ahead. nominated. Did you? Yes. Oh, yeah, you did that one. Okay, so. And Beats just did one before that, correct? So I think it's back to you. Alright, back to me. Um, let me see here. Beats, out of the games that are left, which ones have you played? I want to at least do one that you've played that, um, before you go. Mm. You got Captain Spirit, Darwin Project, Below, Dead by Daylight, Be the Revolution, Borderlands 2. I played Below and Darwin Project. And that's the only ones out of the six? Correct. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to choose then to go with Below, because that's a game that I thought I would have to review alone, and I don't want to have to review that alone, since uh, I have certain opinions on it, so... Um, for me, Below is not a game for me at all. It just is not my playstyle. It's not really my type of game. I'm still, to this day, kind of surprised that I even did an episode on it, but it was something that came uh, to Game Pass, and I'm like, oh, this looks somewhat interesting. And I played it, and it's just not really for me. Uh, basically, this game, you end up in like a... I don't know how to describe it. It's like a cistern cavern type thing, and you end up like uh, on the shore. You have to uh, find your way into the cave entrance, you hopefully find the lantern before you get there, because you can actually skip it if you don't uh, go to the right spot. But you have to go into the cave entrance, and you have some basic attacks that you can do. And you basically just go through the cave system, trying to fight enemies. Um, and when you kill them, it steals their life crystals. You can use these life crystals to actually come up uh, to a campfire at some point. And if you use enough life crystals on it, you can... Uh, put them into the campfire, and basically that creates a save point for you. And the reason why that is important is because in this game, if you die, then you have to start all the way back up the top. And there's like, I think, 25 levels down. So you get to go, you know, down 25 levels. But if you die, say, on like level 3, then you have to start back at the top where the beach area is and go all the way down again. And part of the problem to this is your lantern, which is, you know, one of the main things that lets you see, you actually drop your lantern where you die. So, say you get all the way down to, like, level 17, and you die there, you're going to drop your lantern at level 17. So you're going to have to go all the way down to level 17 just to get a lantern. That means you're going to have to do 16 levels with no lantern. And the only way to really avoid that is by making a campfire that's at least close enough. So, like, say you made a campfire at, you know, level 15, at least you only go down a couple levels before you get it. So, that does kind of stink. And what frustrated me most with this game is there are spike traps in the game, and I did not know this at first. And this is one of the games that like um, really doesn't tell you anything. You basically figure it all on your own. And I did not know what a spike trap was. I didn't know what it was supposed to look like. And I'm like, what, what's this thing here? Like, Is this like a chest I opened? Like, wh what do I do with this? And I walked on it, and I died. And then I had to restart it. Like, I'm like, seriously? like That is so frustrating to actually die through like, a spike trap without even knowing what it is. So I was definitely frustrated by that, and part of the problem with spike traps too is that you can't see enough of your area at once, and that's kind of, I guess, part of the game, but like, if you can't see far enough in front of you, you might fall into a spike trap just because you couldn't see. And to me, that's kind of frustrating because you're basically losing all that progress to a spike trap. Like, I'm fine dying to enemies, but I just really hated having these spike traps in there, and that's kind of something that um, turned me away from the game a little bit more too. But overall, this really isn't a game for me. Um, I did not have fun with it. I played it for like four or five hours just so I could podcast about it. But honestly, the four or five hours I played, I really was kind of like kicking myself for actually deciding to play it. And I'm like, oh my god, like I can't change episodes now because I have to record the podcast tomorrow, and like I have no time to play anything else. So I'm like, well, I gotta get through this. And um, honestly. I'm going to have to rate this game lower than any game so far, except for the pre-sequel. So, I'm going to have to give this a 3. Oh, I feel like you're being way too generous. Oh, way too generous. <laughs> oh really? Um, oh. Well, see, I learned about the Lantern in the worst way possible. I was at level 19 or 20, 
when I first discovered the whole lantern thing. So I was cruising along thinking, yeah, I got this. I know what I'm doing. And like you said, there's not really a whole lot as far as tutorials go. Right. They could have done something like add an exclamation point above your head so you know something's coming up, like something. Yeah, but exactly. When when I had to find my lantern, I never even made it back down to my lantern. <laughs> I think I got back down to like level 12 and, and died and then got back down to like 15 and died. And I was just like, no, I'm I'm good. And that's where I stopped. And that's why I would give this one a solid 2.8 because that was just like it's just one of those things game dynamics if you want to make a game where someone can enjoy and they want to play i i can deal with challenging i can deal with you know frustrating but it's when it's frustrating and challenging and not as rewarding it's not like you even get anything for getting back to your lantern from what i realized later so there's like not even a yeah you, you literally just get to keep playing basically yeah so it's like if you got to it and you got a health boost or or an area of view boost is something yeah it was just it was so rough i was like or like even some extra crystals where, so we can have like an extra save point or something. yeah and it was one of those games where people i knew were hyping it up and then i played it and i was like y'all i'm not taking your advice on any game <laughs> like no right yeah i definitely agree with you and uh did you actually use any save points at all with the campfire or no i didn't know i could Okay, That's so yeah, I was just cruising right. along like it was cool, and I didn't even know I could save it. So, yeah, if you find a campfire, you can actually use like twenty crystals to make that into a save point and at least save some of your progress. But see, the game well, doesn't even tell you that. I had way more than so, like... twenty, so I I would have been okay had I known that. <laughs> right, and that's part of the problem with the game too. And not only that, we didn't even mention that this whole time you're having to find food and water and stuff because you get tired, that's you get so fatigued. Right. Yep. Yeah, you get like um, you have to eat, you have to drink, so you have to like go around and find stuff. And I don't know about you, B, but like food seems to be really hard for me to find. I'm like, where, where's all the food? Like, I almost gave up on searching for the food alone. I know. I'm like, where do I find food? Like, I'm like 20 miles underground. Where's the food at? Like, how am I supposed to find food 20 miles underground? Like, basically, I ended up finding most of my food like at the beach area before I even enter the cave. That's basically it. Yeah, so. I was looking for, like, rocks to lick, like, foliage <laughs> exactly. to eat, something. Cannibalism would have been the next route. Yep. <laughs> so, um, that does bring below at a 2.9, guys, and it does make it our lowest game of the day. Lower than Vigor, lower than Fortnite. It went below. I'd at least try Vigor again. I'm not hey. touching below. <laughs> Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Beats. I would at least play Vigor again. Below, no thank you. Somebody else can play that. I'm not playing it. Are you sure, but it's not my bag, baby. Beats, um, I think we have time for you to at least nominate a game and uh, give your score up before you have to go. So if you want to do that real quick. Uh, we'll go with the Darwin Project. All right. Because I actually played this one, and it's available now. If you haven't played it, you can check it out. I actually like this. Like, uh, surprisingly enough, I wasn't sure, because it's one of those ones where I've seen a couple of videos on, so I wasn't sure exactly what it was. But once I played it, I was like, okay, so it's kind of like the cartoon antics of Fortnite, but like the survival aspects of uh, Scavengers, which hasn't come out yet officially. But I'm interested in that game, though. I want to play Scavengers when it comes. I do, too. So it was, it was fun for me. So I'm... Because I don't have as much knowledge on it, because I've only played it sparingly, because there's so many other games I'm playing right now, 
I would say I'd still give that one like a six because it's something I want to play more of and get to know more about. All right. And Zombie and Mani, have you played this at all? I have as well. I have. All right, perfect. So we will go with uh, Zombie next on this one. Okay, so first of all, I played it on the 12-hour stream with you, Blaze. Uh, and from what I played of that, I enjoyed it. I love the whole director mode where someone can control the whole game. That's my favorite part, yep. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Because, you know, Blaze will never actually play it legitimately. He'll just play on the director mode the whole time and not actually fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's the way to play, though. I, just, I like directing people. Just saying for anyone who ever plays it with him. Just saying. He'll only be directing hey, uh, one actually fighting I did do a couple of duo scenes with Tandis, so I, I tried a couple. Yeah, <laughs> what happened? Did you win that? Uh, we got second place in one of them, and I got a kill. <laughs> I got a kill. So. <laughs> a sarcastic clapping. Singular, but still counts. <laughs> That's more kills. It's more than I get in Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, from what I played of it, I enjoyed it. I just loved the whole elements of like your friend can like control what what happens and how fast the game goes and how slow the game could go possibly. But I I enjoy it overall because you're always like on guard for the whole thing and it's just a load of fun. So to me, this has got to be six point five. Six point five. All right. Um. Marnie, we'll go with you next, and then I'll finish this one off. Um, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure we did the po- did a podcast on this. Well, we somewhere. did, I believe. <laughs> I was um, gonna say, if we didn't, why would it be here? <laughs> if I recall. Um, but well, I did. So, I did. <laughs> I didn't even think about. Um, um, yeah. It, in in my opinion, it was just. Fortnite, but works slightly better. I, I think it just wasn't my sort of game. Um, I'd probably, I'd, I'd rate it higher than than I did Fortnite. I give, um, I'd probably give it five point seven. Yeah, it it just didn't stand out as hugely unique at the time. Well, I'm gonna disagree with you there. I I think it is pretty unique. Um, uh, I think with this game, you do have a lot of other options that you don't with other games. Like, you can track people uh, when they make and then when they do crafting and when they uh, build a fire. So you can actually do that and find out uh, where people are. And the fact that the director's in the game, that totally changes the entire game. It makes it like a Hunger Games scenario. And basically, the director can use these cards and powers to actually influence the game. So a director can, like, close the zone that you're in, and you have to get out of there before you freeze to death. And that's another element, too, which the fact that you can actually freeze to death is kind of interesting, too. And the fact that there's nine zones, it makes it really interesting. So the zones close in, and then you have a death match in the final zone at that. But um, I think it's really unique because it has where you can actually craft, where you can do that in, uh, say, Rebel Royale as well. But in this, you actually craft uh, boots, you craft, like, a different kind of coat, you can craft traps that you can use to deceive your opponents, so it's actually well, kind of more... Stuff to survive. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's actually kind of more of like a primitive battle royale, I would say, and it's less players, too, so you have ten players in the match, but for me, it actually works, because the map is actually small enough where 
it works for 10 players because you have um, seven zones, so basically you're always going to have a couple players in a zone, and to me, the most fun part is a director, because I just can't PvP to save my life, but... But, um, I think the director mode is so much fun because you can actually, you know, influence the game, and if you see two people near each other, you can use, like, for example, there's a power called Expose, you can use that power to show them where each other are, and then usually they're gonna fight each other. Sometimes if they see the other player, they'll run the other way, but <laughs> usually they end up fighting, so, um, it, it's kinda fun that way. And, I think the uniqueness of the director mode alone it's something that no other Battle Royale has. No other Battle Royale can even compare to at all. And for that alone, I do have to give it a little bit higher of a score. I think um, I do have to give it a little bit higher of a score than any of you have. I think for me, it's going to have to be... I think it's got to be a solid 7 for me, honestly. Like I really enjoy playing the Darwin Project, and it's something... It's one of my go-to games on stream, if, like, as a backup, like a failsafe. So, like... If there's a game that I really hate that I was supposed to stream, I'm like, guys, this isn't working. And I have to switch games. This is one of the games I will switch to because it's a game that I know I can have fun with and just jump into, like, director mode or jump into, you know, some duos. And, like, it's a game that I know I can just jump, fall back on and actually still have fun. So it's kind of like my fault, one of my fallback stream games. So that does give us a composite score of 6.3. Let's see where that places it. That will put us right below Borderlands 1 and right above Sea of Thieves, actually. And Beats, do you have to go at this point? Um, I got a couple more minutes. <clears throat> okay. Fair enough, then. Uh, Zombie, we will let you nominate one of the last four games here. Um, well, I think it should be um, Mighty, does, does it? What's that? It should be Mighty, does it? Well... Alright, you can do it if you want Mighty, so we'll go with Mighty next. Uh... I, I've played all of, I think, one of the remaining games, uh, and that's <laughs> yep. the Captain Spirit. Oh, another one I can't talk so, about. Let, let's let's wrap right. this one up. So, Manny, you go first, then. It's probably just going to be you and me in this one. Um, yeah, I, I haven't played any of the other games in the series. Um, I've only played this one. But it was, it was a cute little game. It was cute. I liked it. You know, it was a nice, short, fun game that you could just spend an hour or two just playing through, just chilling, you know, listening to some music, eat some snacks. It wasn't one that required hours of investment, uh, all of this or that, or... No, it was just a nice, cute, little, chill game. Um... I, I, I didn't find anything, like, there were no glitches I found or anything. It had a nice little pace to it, some nice development. There were nice little things you could do through here and there. Um, and we should was, state real quick before you, yeah, like, uh, finish up. It, it was, this is basically a uh, prequel, like, small standalone game to uh, Life is Strange 2. It's basically a standalone episode. Yeah, so it's just... It was just a little side thing to the to the main stories, introducing a character, I believe. Um, but no, it, it was good. I think I'll give that a solid. I think even like right. seven point five. Oh, so you're saying the side chick is nice from the main relationship? It's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I assume nice. that Beats, you have not played this. Um, did you know the weird thing is, 
I kept thinking I knew the name and I couldn't figure out why I knew the name. I didn't realize this was tied into that universe, which is why I didn't play it. So I've played Life is Strange 1, and now since you've streamed it, I've played Life is Strange 2. I didn't even know this was part of that universe, so I'm learning as we go right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's not like a huge part, but it's basically like a standalone one episode. You know how like Life is Strange has like five different episodes? Right. This is pretty much a game that's a standalone episode, and you can beat the entire game in about like two hours. But um, it's a game that's pretty fun, I would say. You play as a little kid this one, he's a little boy, and you get to, like, pick his costume, and you get to, um, it's really cool because they actually make it seem like he's a little kid, you know, like, he actually has an imagination where he invents things to be monsters, like, there's a snowman outside, and you have to, like, defeat the snowman because the snowman's, like, a monster to him. You have to, like, um, go defeat, you know, go in the basement, and, like, basically scary, obviously, because he's a little kid, so, um, you have different tasks like that that you have to do. You have um, the main task, which is defeating Mantroid, and it's kind of, I won't spoil what it is, but it's actually a very uh, sad story with that, like, entails, basically. And there's one point that I know when we did the podcast, um, Monty actually missed doing, but there's finding his secret treasure is one of the tasks you have to do, and finding his secret treasure is, like, such a sad point in the game because... I won't spoil it is, but when you see a secret treasure, it's like, oh man, that's like really sad. Because you actually get clues throughout the story if you look through enough stuff, kind of like what Life is Strange you do, you know. Right. You look through enough stuff, you actually get clues as to what happened. Because you get this kid with his uh, father, and his father's like uh, a drunk, and he's like, a little bit abusive. And yeah, basically. Shit, dad. And the there's no mom around. And throughout uh, the game, if you pay attention to the clues, you figure out why there's no mom around and uh the game is really fun i would say it's a cute little game kind of like monty said it's a um i would say the story is not as full-fledged as you know a full of strange obviously because it's one episode but i agree with monty that it is a, a good little game and i did enjoy it and i would recommend it to everyone because it is free um 7.5 is a little bit high for me just because it doesn't have a ton of replay value, and it is only a standalone, like, two-hour episode. So because of that, I would have to knock it a little bit lower, but I think Monty is pretty close on the ball there. I would say um, a solid seven for it. So, if we only have two scores for that, that is going to give it... 7.25? Yep, 7.25. I might so have to the amount just because of that. Because the seven point five? No, because it's like a <laughs> Toy Story. When you realize what's going on in the background, it's like son of a gun. Yeah, yeah. No, since you like Life is Strange, I think you'd really enjoy it. It's like it, it's not going to take up much of your time either. It's only going to be you know one and a half to two hours of your time, so it's really not going to be taking much of your time. I had to look it up when you sent the list because I thought you were literally just making up games. Now you're just like, I can't figure out the list. Let's just throw this one in there. No, it's a Let's game just talk it. Yeah. yeah, it's a game that plays personally made. It's just a captain experience. It's just I like thought he was really gonna pitch this as like his DOS game. game that he made, so I, I wasn't sure what to expect. Cool maths yes. games. That's what it'll be on. Cool maths games. Oh, no, not Kill Mouse games. Cool and games. that actually games. puts that in third place, by the way. Uh, that's oh. third place right behind Borderlands 2. So. Nice. Third place is Captain Spear. Who would have thought, Monty? But, alright. Um, Zombie, it's your turn to nominate. You have three games left. Which one? Ooh. Hmm. 
Dead by Daylight, Borderlands 3, or Wii Revolution? Uh, you know, I'll... Um, I'm trying to think now. Which one would be good? Okay. Which Straight. beats? Have, have you played all three of these, or... Real quick. I have not. I, I downloaded Dead by Daylight, and I still have yet to play it. That's the only one you have played, or...? No, I haven't played any of them. I'm just saying that's okay. the only one I even know much about. What? Okay, gotcha. Download. Okay, so go ahead and make the pick that way. Um, script. You know what? Uh, let's get the, uh, the solo one out of the way. Read the revolution. Go on, Blaze. Take that one out of the way. Alright. Um, this is actually the game that I'm streaming next. I'm streaming this on Sunday. I am streaming Act 2 of this game. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday next week. If people want to check it out. Um, it's a three-act game. About, you know, 10 hours per act, I would say, uh, from what I looked up on, like, you know, how long to beat it and stuff like that. So it's probably about a 30 hour game total. It's a game that is set in the French Revolution, and you play as a judge of a tribunal, and basically you're judging cases that come to you, and you're judging whether they should go to jail, whether you should, uh, chop their head off, or whether you should quit them. And basically throughout this game, like, at first it seems like, oh, okay, we're just, you know, trying to do the right thing. We're trying to, you know, do the moral thing here. But you realize quickly that it's actually more of a, uh, a political entry game where you're actually trying to strategically uh, advance a political ladder. Because you're trying to um, advance over your enemies and you have to make choices that you might not want to make. Like, for example, I had to behead somebody at one point that I really didn't want to, but beheading them actually got me farther in my uh, political aspirations. So I'm like, oh man, this is really tough. So I actually uh, ended up beheading somebody that I didn't really want to, but... Um, there's other mini parts of the game too, where you have to deal with your relationship with your family, try to keep your family relationships higher. You have to, uh, try and take over the, like a risk style, uh, political board of France and try to, uh, work your way through that and take out enemy agents. So there's a lot of different, like, little elements built into this game. And I think the best element is the court cases in the trial setting. But honestly, uh, I love this game a lot. And, it's a toss-up between this and Borderlands 3 for me, what my game of the year would be this year, but that's how much I love it. Like, this game is so good for me, and um, that's why I'm you know, dedicating the whole week of uh, streaming next week to uh, finishing Act 2. Um, problem I have, though, is since I'm the only one making a score for this, like, it feels a little bit unfair for me to put it too high, because if I'm the only one making a score, it automatically makes it, you know, super high in the rankings. So... I think my personal opinion, I would probably, I'd probably give it more like a nine, but that automatically puts it in second, which I don't think is really fair if I'm the only one ranking it. So I think to account for if somebody else did rank this, I think the uh, more fair score would be to put it at like a seven point five, which would put it in third at least. So that's good numerical. I was gonna say based off whatever I watched, I would have said about six point five to seven. So. I yeah, I really enjoy it though. I mean, I, I know it's not for everyone, but it's definitely a game that I um, it really speaks to me a lot. You know, oddly enough, Cousin watching you play connection. that game has helped me in Greedfall because Greedfall has their political system kind of set up like that, to where you have to determine right. whether or not you want to lie about something, if you want to be straightforward about something, if you want to manipulate people. So watching you play that actually kind of tied into what I've been playing through in that. So it. I like what I've seen of it. I'd, I'd definitely probably play it and give it like a seven. 
Awesome. It's meant to be really good. I've heard good things. Yeah, if honestly, if it wasn't for Borderlands 3 coming out when it did, I probably would have bought Grief and played it, but I couldn't buy both at the same time. Like, well, I, I got to sacrifice one, so... Hmm. That's funny, because I knew everyone else was going to be playing Borderlands 3. I went ahead and got Greedfall. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes sense. It's probably good strategy-wise, too, for streaming, because, I mean, people, you know, are probably going to want to check out Greedfall more, because no one's playing it, so... I didn't See, think of probably... it like that. I thought about it more like, I didn't want to be the one holding everyone up, because I play so many different games. So I let everyone else get True. higher levels, so then when I play with them, it's just easier for me to get up there, too. <laughs> then they just power level you? Yeah, I don't. I don't care if my team carries me. I'm alright with that. I'm lazy sometimes. That makes sense. <laughs> gotta be like zombie some way. Oh, just oh. zombie. The shade zombie. The shade. <laughs> all right. Um, we do have two games left. And Beach, just give me the heads up. You have to like leave or something. But um, we will go with Dead by Daylight next. Will be my pick. So. Dead by Daylight, I think only myself and Zombie have played, correct? Correct, as far as I know. Correct, I haven't played okay. it yet. I have okay. it, but I haven't played it. Okay, so uh, I will go first, and Zombie will do this second. Uh, Dead by Daylight is a lot of fun. It's a asymmetrical game where you have four survivors and one killer. There's a lot of different types of killers. A lot of them are uh, licensed, like you have the Pig Fusa, you have uh, Freddy Krueger, you have Michael Myers... You have uh, Ghostface, you have a lot of really cool licensed killers, and then some other killers that aren't licensed, but uh, are pretty interesting as well. Like, you have a nurse, you have uh, a trapper, so a bunch of different killers like that as well. Um, I think that this game is a lot of fun, and it's probably one of the ones that I've covered on the podcast that I've had the most fun playing, and also has been the most fun to stream, too, because I think it's a really fun game for streaming specifically, because... It's a fun game to have, you know, somebody um, that's a uh, you know frequent viewer in your chat to jump in for a game or two. They can, you know, be a survivor with you. You guys can, you know, uh, help each other out, get a couple of generators done, you know, try to escape there. And it's kind of a game that's kind of fun to have a team camaraderie to it because you really have to work together to actually escape. Now, if you're the killer, um, I didn't play as much killer on this game because I think the killer is more stressful and. I kind of like uh, playing this game to have like a more relaxing feel, because the killer to me is a lot more stressful, because there's no other survivor to help you out. It's not like, you know, okay, we got a team of four people here, let's do this together. When you play killer, it's literally you. You have Your job is to kill everyone, and while you have a lot of powers to help you out with that, um, it is a lot more stressful, in my opinion, because you're trying to go around doing everything yourself. And I have played some killer, and I like to play the take from saw when I play killer, but... Um, it's definitely more stressful, I would say. I do think that both versions of the game are fun. I think the Kill Your Friends is also fun. This is a game version where you actually can have five friends in a party together. One of them is the killer, other four are survivors, something like that, and you can all, you know, have unlimited uh, perks or whatever add-ons you want, anything you want, and you kind of have fun. Uh, so that's a fun version as well, but I think the game is a lot of fun, and it has a lot of replayability because there's so many different survivors, so many different perks you can use, there's so many uh, different killers with different powers. There's different maps and different uh, layouts. So I think the game constantly reinvents itself. I mean, they just had a Stranger Things DLC come to it. And for me, as far as the score, I'm going to have to give this one a pretty high score. Um, not a 10 like State of Decay, but honestly, um, 
I, I think it deserves a solid nine. That's what I'm going to give it. Hmm. So how about you, zombie? Hmm. Okay. Um, spoiler, spoiler beforehand. Mine's not going to be, like, as high as yours, Blaze. Oh. Um, I think that's slightly generous. Not a ton generous, but slightly. Depending on certain things for experience-wise. Uh, so when I play it, like, as Blizz has mentioned, like, obviously to keep updating the game, it makes you want to keep going back and playing it constantly because of all the new killers they add. So maybe and they have, like, different events sometimes, like, there's an yeah. event coming up soon. Yeah, exactly, different events that like, keep you interested. Yeah, like, like, the way they do it is, like, perfect, like, to keep people intrigued in the game. It might get boring, but then they bring you back to do something. It isn't just like, oh, they do this event, oh, I don't want to play this now. Oh, I don't want to play this event. I'm bored of this now. Blah blah blah. You're not because they keep finding new ways to keep you entertained. Um, and coming from experience, I've never watched Stranger Things, but the killer that they've just introduced for it, I love it. I love the new map. I love the new killer. Even though I've not yet, I've never ever ever watched Stranger Things. I I just love the map and the killer. Like it keeps it like it keeps someone like me intrigued even if i don't know if even if i don't know what the killer is or like you know what i mean like i've never watched it it still keeps me intrigued to play it um the thing that lets it down for me for this game right is that a lot of the time um there can be people that troll and uh, people that do a bunch of different stuff and for me that just gets yeah, I mean, that does happen, and it is kind of a game that has probably more toxicity than some other games, I would say, but I think it's still um, a lot of fun. When it comes to Dead by Daylight, the only thing that basically knocks the game down for me is that there can be people that try to cheat the system, or don't play the game at all, or basically just be, um, just be like, really annoying trolls um dicks essentially um which kind of ruins my experience with the game and if you're playing it on your own it isn't as fun as playing it with friends so for me it's got to be um for me i think it's got to be about an eight an eight all right so an eight is uh pretty solid that's going to give us an 8.5 overall that's still a pretty solid score zombie yeah is it better than borderlands <laughs> Uh, let me see. I don't think it will be. If so, sorry, Monty. Well, Monty's <laughs> not going to like that. But... Yeah. <laughs> I won't like it to be either, but it's my general opinion of that game, so... Mm-hmm. Um, No, it is not. That puts in third place right above We The Revolution. Borderlands hey. 2 had 8.9, so Borderlands 2 is still second. Hey! <laughs> Alright, we got one game left. It's actually the most recent game to come out. Uh, Zombie, I started the last time. You start this time, because I think it's just going to be the two of us again. Because Monty, you haven't played this yet, and B's going to either, right? Alright, so Zombie, you start this one. With Borderlands 3, uh, I personally enjoyed it. Uh, I loved the story. Um, and there was um, there is some like um, controversy going around like a certain bit of the story. Um, and obviously I know um, Blaze has an issue with one of the ones at the end, um, but I'll let him talk about that point later. Um, but for me, I enjoyed the whole story, I loved it, um, and being able to, like, obviously, at the end game, the, the replayability is all there, being able to just play at the end of the game and just keep playing after completing the story, just farming, getting more guns, um, 
it's generally a lot of fun for me, and I love playing it with friends. Like, even on solo, it's fun to play. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. So for me, my rating has to be 8.5. Because there were some glitches that they've currently fixed now, but were basically ruining the game at some points. So, 8.5 for me. Alright, 8.5. That's a pretty solid score. Um, I think that's a pretty fair score, honestly. For me, the game is a little bit ruined by what I uh, perceive of the story. Um, without spoiling, because we're going to be spoiling the story next episode. Oh, I can't do it again. Um, so Zombie and I will get together and we will spoil the whole story of Borderlands 3 in the next episode, so I guess, um, I guess Monty don't listen to the episode until you play it, probably. <laughs> but, um, for me, the story kind of killed it, and it's hard because, like, I love the story of Borderlands 2 a lot more. The story of Borderlands 2 is so, so much better. Like, you hands down, 25 million times better story. And Handsome Jack as a villain is 20 million times better. But, I will say for my taste, I think the Vault Hunters for Borderlands 3 are actually better Vault Hunters. So it's kind of one of those things like it's hard to balance because I enjoy the Vault Hunters better for Borderlands 3, but I like the story and the main villain Borderlands 2 better. It's kind of hard to weigh that, you know what I mean? They, they, they tried to top Jack as the villain as well, but they couldn't. <laughs> I don't think they ever yeah. would be able to. I think Tyreen is still Good a fun att- villain to me. Good attempt, though. I mean... But honestly, like, I, I'd probably still say that um, Vasquez is probably my second favorite villain. Like, Vasquez... I don't know if you feel the same way about him as I do, Zombie, but Vasquez and Tales from the Borderlands just was a fun villain to me. He, he was uh... a fun guy to hate. I like Katie. He's in my top five. But uh, we obviously don't know any DLC options for Borderlands 3 yet because it's not out yet, so we can't really comment on that. I will say that Borderlands 2 has some great DLC, and for that reason, I do have to say that Borderlands 2 definitely, definitely needs to rank higher than Borderlands 3 for me. Um, Maybe the DLC will save Borderlands 3 and rank it higher in the future, but for me, it gets me. Yeah, that being said, basically, we ended up having our top game as State of the K2 with that massive 9.92. And second, we have Borderlands 2, 8.975. Third, Dead by Daylight, 8.5. Fourth, Borderlands 3 with 8.25. And rounding up the top five, we the Revolution for 7.5. What do you guys have to say about our top five there? I mean, I, I would have I would have liked Borderlands 2 at the top, but I, I think there was a bit of bias with lots of people who very much enjoyed uh, State of Decay 2 in here. I, I don't <laughs> think there's any bias at all. I mean, Zombie wanted to give it a 10.5, we, we wouldn't let him, so. You bullied him, yeah. Once you play it, you'll agree. <laughs> um, but no, I, th- I think if... You know, maybe it's yeah. given me more of a reason to check out Stasis of K2. I'm happy Borderlands yeah, 2 is up there, at least, because it's a great game. Absolutely. And yeah, I wish you guys would try Weed the Revolution, too. I mean, it ended up in fifth, and yeah, I think exactly. it's a solid game. Alright. So, that being said, we are going to uh, close out our episode here. But I do appreciate Mani, Zombie, and Ethan Button being here with us. Awesome of them to all jump on. 
Um, I will reiterate our news items really, really fast. Our next stream in all week is going to be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern, playing Lead the Revolution. I hope to see you guys there for that, and uh, that should be a lot of fun. We are going to have our next episode is going to be with the Zombie coming back to do a Borderlands 3 uh, spoiler podcast talking about the story, so that should be a lot of fun, and um, we'll see if we can possibly get another guest on here to help us um, talk about the spoiled story. So that should be a lot of fun as well. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed episode 100. You know, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a really cool episode. And I really appreciate our guests for being on here. So, um, Mani, how can people contact you if they want to contact you? Of course, as always, um, people can find me on Twitter at MontyD underscore 14. I'm pretty sure I, uh, I can be found on the Discord. <laughs> we joke. Um, I don't really talk on there, but if you want me, <laughs> at me. If you at me, I will respond. I will be there. Um, <laughs> and his his Discord name, too, is the one guest that rolls most. If you're looking for him, that's probably why you can't find him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's my nickname in the Discord. Um, otherwise, uh, my username on Xbox is DareEpicDuck. Uh, no capital spaces between each word. D-E-H space Epic space Duck. Um, I think those are the key ways you can contact me. And Zombie, how about yourself? How can people get a hold of you? Uh, well, you can find me in the Discord where I can. I'll actually respond if you at me uh, <laughs> um, at uh, Zombie Colorama. Uh, you can find me all the time on uh, Blaze's um, stream. Literally all the time. I'm always except there. maybe not as much for We the Revolution. You're probably not yeah. gonna watch that too much. <laughs> oh, I will. I was actually intrigued on it. So. Oh, that's good. At least. Yeah. Perfect. Um. <laughs> And I'd be there anyway. I've got a job to do. I'd get fired otherwise. Um, but yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you can find me there on the Discord, so. Fair enough. Thank you. And Beats did have to run earlier, obviously, but I will speak for him in saying that you can find him on Twitter, I believe, at Beats and Buttons. Uh, I will post that in the show notes, though, if that is not correct. And you can also find him on Twitch, um, twitch.tv slash Beats and Buttons. He is a Twitch streamer. He was on Mixer for a little while, but he went back to Twitch, so I will uh, post his Twitch channel in the uh, show notes as well. So definitely check him out. Definitely give him a follow. He's an awesome guy. He plays a lot of State of Decay. He plays uh, a lot of Greedfall lately, so if you are interested in that game, you can check that out. And um, It's very fun to watch him play that, so check him out, drop him a follow, and uh, say hello to him as well. But Thank you guys for being here. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed episode 100. Did you guys have yeah. a lot of fun? Yeah, 100. Woo! 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 Yay. Uh, and and it was actually part, shorter than four hours, too. I thought it would be a little longer. <laughs> well, <Yay. laughs> just just about shorter than four hours. Yay. <laughs> yeah. We did it, though. So, you know, 20 games, all ranked, and um, I think it was a lot of fun. Did you guys expect um, our number one and number 20 to be what they were? Yep. I'm kind of surprised in a way that um, Below was number 20. But... Uh, well, I hadn't even heard of Below <laughs> from the start of this. So well, I can't yeah. say I expected that. Um, I was expecting Stage of Decay to be up there, given who, who was in this podcast. I was <laughs> yes. expecting it to be up there. So that doesn't really surprise me. Right. <laughs> well, and I assume that now that you uh, heard us talk about Below, you probably don't want to play it either, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh no, now I'm really excited now. I really want to play it below now. 
Well, then uh, listen to, I think it was like episode 60 is about below, and I, I even titled it, uh, Send the Pain Below. <laughs> oh, that's what that is. I just thought that was a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, thanks now for the... having us, as always. It's, it's been great. That was supposed to be about the game, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It was definitely uh... fun to have you guys on here, and um, obviously no one will be... Uh, able to catch this in time because this episode is going to come out on Saturday, but of course, hopefully everyone enjoyed our celebration stream on Friday as well. And I appreciate you being here, Manny. It's, it's, it's been great. Uh, I'm glad I could come for this one at least. Thank you very much. Definitely nice to have you back. And thank you to all of you for listening to this experience.